Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Big sports. Big sports. Banana bread at work, dude? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I got to get banana bread for us while we're here. How about that banana bread? Banana bread at podcasting, though? Hell Hell yeah. yeah. Um, There is a Left Behind PC game series. What? We need it. Starting with Left Behind Eternal Forces. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, and the cover of the PC game looks like a fucking, like, religious pamphlet that you would see. Yeah, that's great. Oh, hey, we're rolling, by the way. Left Behind Game. (laughs) Oh my god, it does look terrible. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Cage Fight Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Um, That's my intro. Yeah, the guy saying that is uh, Fat Albert. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And uh, uh, Fat Albert, uh, because Bill Cosby is canceled, now voiced by Mike. I'd watch it. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, like like always, I am your faithful host. Uh, well, losing faith in Nicolas Cage. but. Um, my name is Nick. Spoiler, laser. By the way. Oh. <laughs> uh, across the table from me is my good buddy Mike, hey. partner in crime, and to my right is our good friend Zach. What up? Now, last time we I actually pulled... introduced ourselves for once. Oh yeah. <laughs> Instead of uh, right before we cut. Yeah, fuck the guy behind the boards though. Oh fuck. yeah, uh, oh, and yeah. Uh, the guy, <laughs> the big man upstairs. Uh, who we believe in and thus will not disappear from this recording. Uh, Engineer Dave. (laughs) Uh, But I was going to say last episode, I called um, Zach our guest. And then I realized that he's like arguably more useful than me. So uh, (laughs) I'm just going to start calling him Zach from now on. And but the guest gives me the option to leave. Which is always nice. Which, um, uh, yeah, that's the thing, though. We don't want you to have the option to leave. Oh, yeah. Don't you, forget, you're here forever. Actually, you're, you're the only one here who cannot leave this record. <laughs> yeah. We can go whenever the fuck we want. Yeah, you stuck. I got things to do. Yeah, well, I hope sitting at yeah, this that, table is one of them. Yeah, and that thing is to talk about Nicolas Cage for the Nicolas rest of time. What's, what's the deal? In the, what's anything big in the Nicolas Cage world this week? Um... <laughs> Well, I saw hey, it wasn't this week, but recently he got a marriage annulled after four days. Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't his wife like fourteen, <laughs> like not literally, but she was pretty young, I think. Yeah, uh, she uh, she was a lot younger than he was, and apparently she he listed that she pressured him into a marriage or something. So they oh, tried to yeah. get the marriage license. They got canceled for and. I don't know if that's what an annulment is normally. I haven't been married and had to get a marriage annulled, so. Um, last time I was married, um, it was I actually was pressured by Nicolas Cage. So I'm glad that the tables were turned uh, in this situation. Yeah, pressured by Cage, but not to marry him, to marry someone else, right? Right. Yeah. Right. He just, he was trying to get as far away from me as possible, and uh, I put a ring on that shit. <laughs> Apparently he was drunk and got married in Vegas. Oh, and now he's... Leaving Las Vegas. And his wife. She apparently had multiple DUIs. Oh. Didn't he, know he that. likes a bad girl. Apparently. Just like his movies. Yeah. Oh. Just like in Zandali. You know, if I was married to Nicolas Cage, I would 
definitely be uh, behind the wheel of a running vehicle uh, just with a like fifth of vodka, chugging it, trying to run somebody down just so I can be like, you, do you know who I am? I'm Nicolas Cage's wife. She's not in prison, is she? <laughs> I, I don't think so. But okay. Point made. I feel like if you're Cage's wife, you can get away with some things. I mean, he got away with buying a stolen Tyrannosaurus skull. Uh Ah, yes. You definitely can get away with stealing the Declaration of Independence. Spoilers for a future episode. (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, I mentioned it already. One of the movies we're going to talk about is Zandali. The other is Left Behind. And uh, Left Behind, if you don't know, is based off a book series written by uh, Timothy LaHaye and uh, Jerry B. Jenkins. Which is definitely a real name. <laughs> Jerry B. Jenkins. Well, Michael B. Jordan was taken. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And Michael Jordan was taken. So, <laughs> so Jerry, Jerry B. Jenkins. Oh, is what? He... Stephen Jenkins, is it related to him? Wait, is that... You said he's from Third Eye Blind? Yeah, what, you, don't, you don't know Stephen Jenkins? Uh, it's actually kind of interesting because um, there was a scene in, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it, but there's a scene in Left Behind where um, Third Eye Blind's jumper should have been played. Uh, oh, yeah. all, all I'll say for now, Jerry B. <laughs> Jenkins uh, from Third Eye Blind wrote this movie uh, slash book. JBJ, you know, <laughs> now we just got JJ. And yeah. he's Jonah Jameson and he wants pictures of Spider-Man. He wants pictures of Spider-Man and he's going to put them in Star Wars episode nine. But is J.J. Abrams directing episode nine again? Or Yep. Yeah, he's. Oh, I didn't even know that. I don't keep up with things until well after they've happened. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think what happened Heads was watching Nicolas Cage films now. <laughs> exactly. What happened was um, they said, uh, Ryan Johnson, uh, we didn't like what you did on The Last Jedi, so we're going to give you your own trilogy, and we're going to let J.J. finish this one. Ah. So, Ryan Johnson I is, did uh, hear that they were going for another Star Wars trilogy, but... Uh, yeah, apparently he has some ideas for a trilogy, and uh, they got the Game of Thrones writers on there, which means uh, the dialogue is going to be really cheesy. There's um, going to be some Luke Leia incest. And, yeah, uh, that already yeah, happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but this time it's going to be like deep, deep penetration. <laughs> Uh, which I'm looking forward to. The shove Yoda out a window. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? He shouldn't have been, you know, peeping around. So all that peeping Yoda. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I do look forward to seeing Yoda in a wheelchair, watching his sister get assaulted from a faraway place. But enough with game of spoils, uh, game of spoils, game of, spo- <laughs> game of stars, um, game of stars. I want the theme song. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I think we're done here. Um, That's all yeah. getting cut, right? <laughs> yep. And this has been Cage Fight. <laughs> and this has been Zach. I'm Zach. <laughs> Hello, I'm Nick, and I'm Jerry B. Jenkins. Jerry <laughs> B. Jenkins. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Um, so yeah, Left Behind was uh, based on some books. Um, one very important one. Yeah. Yeah. I always mix up Left Behind the with one. the Bible. <laughs> yeah, one of those big religious ones that everybody's droning on about, and They're then everybody's confused. confused about. Yeah, when are we gonna get to the live action Bible movie? The one is that the one with like Charlton Heston, and it's like uh, eighty VHSs. <laughs> yeah. We've already been given that movie, thank you. But have we had smell-o-vision with it? That's true. Yeah, I need to know what Jesus's sandal feet smelled like. 
I need that in 4DX. I want to see Jesus getting nailed on the cross and then water being sprayed in my face. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Engineer Dave. I cut you off there um, because you're a lesser human being. No, dude, I'm on the talkback. When I hit this button, you guys' volume dips down so low that I can't even hear you. No, it's probably for the best. It's a narcissistic microphone. Speaking of narcissistic mic, I'm your host. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, this guy's got jokes. Yeah, that was not one of them, though. Um, so, yeah, uh, Left Behind. The oh, film. yeah, we'll jump. We'll go ahead and just jump right into that. Uh, Left Behind is a movie that came out in 2014 with a PG-13 rating. So bring your kids, but only if they've uh, hit puberty. Yeah. Um, or been baptized. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. If, if you haven't baptized your kids, then, well, it's all gone. It, if you haven't baptized your kids, strap them down for this one, because they might vanish into thin air. <laughs> uh, directed by Vic Armstrong, who... Vic uh, Armstrong? Yeah. Solid I, guy. I think he wrote that um, Hello, Dolly song, right? Yes. Is he related to that guy in Green Day? Yeah. Yeah, He's yeah. the Tour de France guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, he's in Rancid, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's done a lot of things. He's uh he sang for Green Day. He uh he wrote Hello Dolly. He uh he won the Tour de France and I believe he was the first person on the moon. But uh, yeah, the moon. Uh, let me yeah, update <laughs> let me update my checklist here so we got our rancid reference out of the way. We got our third eye blind reference out of the way. Um and we got a bonus Green Day reference. Um so yeah, Vic Armstrong uh, actually, he was uh, apparently a stuntman on like the Indi- uh, the original Indiana Jones series. Really? Um, yeah, I didn't even know that. I thought I was the facts guy, but here I am being blown away. Yeah, fuck y'all. <laughs> I came locked and loaded. So he was a he was a stuntman on the Indiana Jones movies. He directed something. I don't I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, it's a feature called Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. I think I saw that on like TNT or something once. Yeah. I mean, well, I saw good. like five minutes of Is it. Is it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I also was a huge Indiana Jones fan, so I'll just take anything. Oh, okay. It was pretty good. Was it better than Crystal Skull? Oh, yeah. Not hard to do, but... Wait, what? No, not hard What's Crystal Skull? The one with Shia LaBeouf? Wait, what? The... They're oh, they, it was an alternate pleasure. universe. They never actually made it. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. Um, oh, and only also... only like three Indiana Jones movies, I think. So. Yeah. yeah they, they wrote out their script, and then they're like, wait a minute, this is trash, and they threw it away. Oh, yeah, and also... Vic Armstrong directed something that if you haven't seen it, you should go and rent it. Um, it's called A Sunday Horse. And I don't know what it is, but the poster is really bad. And it's called A Sunday Horse. And I'm not making that up. So uh, Does this horse go to church? No, he rode it on Sunday. Uh-huh. Stayed for three days. And then what was his horse's name? Judas. You got it. The horse would only eat 30 pieces of silver. Did he, uh, did he take that horse to the Old Town Road? Oh, and did he yeah. ride till he can't no more? And I'm gonna take my horse to awesome. <laughs> this is probably the best uh, time to introduce our second guest, Billy Ray Cyrus. Hey, Billy, how's it going? Going well. Uh, your hair looks really great. I haven't cut it since 1992. And it shows. What's your daughter up to? We haven't heard from her in like a few years. Killed her. Nice. Uh, does your wife uh, still like smoke a shitload of weed, or is that? Uh... No, she. I killed her. Nope. <laughs> oh hey. wow. Who haven't you killed, Billy? Did, have you Country killed? Country music. <laughs> you're hey, reviving you, it. With you're reviving Lil Nas it. X. Yeah. Don't kill Lil Nas X, please. Kill him. No shit. Uh, uh, damn it. 
Well, now you're going to, you haven't quite killed country music, but you killed its future. Yeah, now you're going to have to record a country Literally, album with, uh, like, Lil designer. Lil Nas X is, is the future of, oh, yeah. of he, country music. He is the future of country, that is true. Um, and Can't wait Billy till Ray we get S- the Migos. Of Don't country. kill my Nas. Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> is the young thug of country, I think. Um, Don't kill Actually, my young Nas. thug is the young thug of country. Yeah, I forgot about Young Thug's country album. But yeah. Uh, Wait, did that really happen? <laughs> Beautiful Thugger of. Girls. Let's go. Oh, he uh, did a he did a song that was kind of country. I do remember he that. He says actually. yeehaw a lot, and it's really, really good. Um, he's probably my favorite country artist. Um, so Nick and Zach are uh, doing kissy over here. I don't know what's happening. I'm trying to vamp while... Uh, what? Sorry, I went to the... My heart, my achy, breaky heart. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. <laughs> so well, I, I, I'm on the IMDb for Left Behind and I just went under quotes to see what they had under there Uh-oh. the second quote in is just brackets kicks the midget passenger down the escape slide <laughs> that's Ooh. the whole quote <laughs> <laughs> wow um, it took a second for that to register with me <laughs> uh, that, that registered immediately for me because it involves my favorite character in the film who is the most confrontational little person uh, in the history of time. Yeah. Uh, anytime anybody walks past him, he's like, what the fuck are you looking at? Yeah. You, and think, I, you think the view's different from down here? I'll fucking, <laughs> I'll kick you in the balls. Somebody offers to lift a bag for him, and he's like, way too proud about it. <laughs> hey, fuck off. Oh, yeah. Just a, just a buzz through real quick. This movie had a runtime of 110 minutes, a budget of $16 million, and a box office gross of $20.7 million. So... A modest success. It's it's in the black. It's uh, it's only the third movie we've seen so far that's been in the black. So, which is scary, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter one percent. Audience score thirty eight percent. So the people really like this movie a lot more than the critics did. Um, and since we are men of the people, I guess we have to side with them. But and since we are men of God, which of this one? Movie, Oh, exactly. Yours yeah. or mine. That's that. That's another great quote from the movie. Uh, yeah. From the confrontational little person. Uh, yes, who is also racist, it turns out. Yeah. Um, and has a gambling addiction. So another, uh, another fun fact about this one is that Nicolas Cage was paid $3 million to star in it, um, and he completed all of his work in 10 days. Um, so I, I'm, when I was watching this, I was wondering if like uh, Nicolas Cage is some secret... Uh, like Catholic church plant or something. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was confused why he would be in this movie, but I guess $3 million in 10 days, I would have done it too. So yeah. And he doesn't really do a whole lot in this movie. He just kind of really does sits there. Yeah, yeah. He sits in one chair for the majority of his shots. So yeah. he is a, he is a pilot of an airplane. Um, and really the only time he gets out of his chair is when uh, everybody on the plane decides that they want to die. I think they, they, they like storm the cockpit. Yeah, I didn't kind of understand that they're like, oh, we need answers for what's going on. Let's attack the pilot. Yeah, because hey, he panning. definitely knows why all these people randomly disappeared. Oh, yeah. Mob the cockpit. What do you do when you're panicking on an airplane that's in the air? You storm the cockpit and try to <laughs> throttle the pilot. I don't know what. <laughs> because he's not necessary to get uh, where you're going. Yeah, they literally just they pull a bar to take off, press a button, and they just sit Anyone there can do the it. whole time. That's why their job's going to be taken by machines, useless bastards. Oh, yeah. Fuck pilots. Fuck pilots. Including TV pilots. Fuck those. 
Oh, yeah. Just give me a full 10 seasons. Yeah, exactly. Don't shop it around. Um, also, um, I I tried a like a flight simulator, and flying a plane is not that hard at all. I, I, I know we kind of covered that, but yeah, it's literally I flew a, a plane child in, could uh, do it. in Battlefield all the time yeah. on, on Xbox. I don't see why anyone else can't do it. Yeah, I've played um, the first Star Wars Battlefront 2, um, and so I can fucking... I can fly pretty much anything. Yeah. Into Dude, a hangar. If you fly an X-Wing, then what can't you fly on Earth here? Yeah, and this movie, Nicolas Cage is like, oh, I don't have a runway. I don't have a runway. Uh, you know what? Not even a problem. Yeah. No. Just fucking land the plane. Just respawn. It, <laughs> yes. Just hit Y and <laughs> jump out of the plane. Uh, another little fun fact, an Indiegogo was set up for a sequel to this movie with a goal of $500,000 to raise. Significantly lower than the budget of this movie, and uh, it failed to get up to a hundred thousand dollars, even so. And I donated all I could, yeah. but the fans shouldn't be paying for this movie. The either the church should or Hollywood should. The fans just deserve this movie. They mm -hmm. shouldn't be getting charged for it. This is uh, this is for the people of God to watch. So I don't know why the Pope isn't allocating special money to it. Every word that's in this, I believe, is in the Bible. Yeah. To be um, to be honest though, who is this movie for? I don't know. I don't think even hardcore evangelical Christians would enjoy this movie very much. I mean, I feel like there I mean there's those um God isn't dead movies, you know, that yeah. are about uh how much people who believe in evolution are the devil. And there's that new unplanned movie which is about how abortion is the devil. Um and so there's this weird like subsect of people that are like so religious that they just want like some kind of weird uh, echo chambery type movie that just validates all their beliefs. Because like in this movie, you have uh, one of the main characters who is a dissenter, um, and they they really they really play it up when she's like, "If there is a god, then how come war uh, and how bad come things? earthquakes? Yeah, how come? Oh, oh, my favorite part of this movie possibly was when." Um, the investigative reporter who also doesn't believe in God. Um, Lucas Scott from One Tree Hill. Yeah, that guy. No idea what that is, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> he uh, he tells the One Tree Hill fans in this room, but okay. Hey, one th till I die. Um, but he tells a story about how like there was a an earthquake and this family survived uh, the odds by praying, so they didn't evacuate when they were told to because they thought they were safe and then they got buried under 10 feet of slime and uh i do remember because that's how i describe mud. Slime. right yeah. right um and so these are the kinds of people uh who we're supposed to be against in this movie as an audience we're supposed to be uh for the believers who uh don't spend a lot of time on screen uh they, they don't even make like very clear that these believers are good people or no, anything they just it's just believe. like are you christian cool you're going to heaven everyone else suck it yep. yeah are you christian or a kid if you're a kid you're too yeah. dumb to have figured out what life is about so you get a pass free pass you're, you're not smart enough to go to hell that pissed me off actually these fucking kids. that's why i was wondering like what is the cutoff for that like could you imagine being like oh you just turned 13 you can't get to heaven now yep it's all Oops. over for you if you've oh, been you have pubes? Ooh, single no pubes. pubes in heaven. Oh, wait. You had a wet dream? Yeah. Hell. But all those people are going to heaven naked. That is true. 
Um, oh, yeah. Every, yeah, because all their clothes get left behind. <laughs> okay, should we get into the... That's the name of the movie. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's uh, what it's about. The clothes. The clothes and the backpacks that this, get left behind. It really should have been called, though, uh, Heaven is a Nudist Colony. Because apparently he- I, we're, we're led to believe that Heaven consists of a bunch of naked children, which... <laughs> Uh, not really making the Catholic Church look did, any better. Did Brian Singer write this? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, Brian Singer, get your sick fantasy out of my Bible movie. So this is uh, uh another fact from the uh we steal from what is it called IMDb. We, we do a little bit of <laughs> yeah, we do kind of a uh, thieve from the trivia section on IMDb. Listener, you've now learned our secrets. Um, so for any- that, please <laughs> for anybody who's keeping track, this is the second time. We haven't watched this movie yet, but the second time Nicolas Cage saves a plane, first being Con Air. This is also the second time he is a father left behind while his son is saved, which is a movie that we have seen True. quite recently. Uh, and the second one with biblical apocalypse, well, undertones in the first one. This one's just overt overtones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they make it very clear, like, you have to be Christian. This is the end of the world. Although they also make it kind of seem like, hey. What if we got rid of all the fucking religious nuts and we had Earth all to ourselves? Heathens. I, th- I think that was my biggest problem with this movie is that it's not all the good people are taken to heaven. It's just the Christians. Because like, ah, yes, they make it because it seems like the daughter is like a pretty good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that investigative reporter seems like a good guy. Yeah. There's the Muslim guy on the plane who's good like is helpful throughout yeah, that just entire helpful movie. to everyone offering help like says we should we should all pray but <laughs> nope like, they're not christian nope straight to hell yeah well, like, i would argue that the suggestion there is that they didn't the person that great that wrote the motherfucker didn't read the fucking new testament i mean who has the time the old testament's so long so yeah exactly once you get through that you want to take a break and i don't like reading reboots and, yeah yeah i'd rather usually read the first behind. couple of albums are the best ones yeah um the one that really tripped me up, the lady that got left behind, was the senile old lady that, like, she just seemed like, you know. Old? Like, yeah, and she didn't know what was going on, and I, why, why is that desert, well, she must have done something in life. Maybe she cheated on her husband, and that's why he went to heaven, and she didn't, but. We don't want <laughs> heaven to smell weird, is basically <laughs> the gist that I got. I kept waiting for the time when it shows, like, oh, all these people who are still here have done, like, a horrible deed, and, like, that's what's preventing them. Uh-huh. But. No. Nothing. Yeah. They didn't really spend a lot of time uh, explaining why these people uh, were left behind, um, other than the fact they, ju- they just weren't believers. Well, were uh, not pure enough in faith. We're already getting into this. I-, I think we might as well start the plot summary here a little bit, and we yeah. can talk about the things along the way. So uh, it opens up. There's a lady getting off a plane, and uh, she's calling her mom and finds out that her dad won't be home when she gets there because he's going to work. Uh, that dad is the cage man and he's a pilot who's going to the very airport that this lady has just landed at because this lady who's named Chloe Steele is here to visit him on his birthday. And how could you not believe in God, uh, when these two people just happen to be in the same airport? Yeah. You know, coincidence. Um, God's plan. (laughs) Exactly. Also the name Chloe Steele and, uh, her dad's name is Roy Ray. Ray. Yeah. Ray Steele. Um, they sound like, I had porn no idea stars. his name was Ray. Uh, <laughs> sounds like a porn star name. It really does. Um, but yeah. Well, it's the uncle of Arlo. Oh, that's true. Really? 
Arlo Steele. I didn't even know that. National Pleasure uh, frontman? Lead singer, singer-songwriter. And uh, so Chloe, uh, she's, a, she's a college student who hates God. Yeah, um, she goes, there's a lady preaching at the airport and she goes right up to her and is like, oh yeah, well, if God is real, then how come bad things happen to good people? And then, you know, that classic argument. Um, it's the only one that atheists ever come up with, according to the writers of this movie. But, uh, but yeah. they don't even answer it. No, they don't. They're just like, yeah, but God. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, believe. dummy. Like, and the, the introduction we have to this woman is that she's looking at religious texts in the uh, airport gift shop. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also how we're introduced to the, I guess, love interest slash the, the reporter guy that we talked about before, yeah. Buck Williams. Yeah, Cameron Buck Williams. Yeah, um, he's uh, an investigative reporter. He's doing a story in the airport, which is when this Bible lady um, confronts him, starts to yell at him. And then Chloe is like, hey. If God was real, maybe he would have made you a little bit calmer or something, you know, yeah. basically. But if you're so mad at me, you should be happy that you won't see me because I'll be in hell. Uh, <laughs> apparently soon. Um, well, then we we see Cage pulling up to the airport and he's taking off his wedding ring and leaving it in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's about to go on a flight to London. And uh, he walks up while Chloe and Buck are getting their flirt on a little bit and chloe sees her dad and um starts talking to him says that uh she thinks her well we see that she thinks her dad and mom are going to split up because her mom apparently in the last year became a very religious person and uh she says to her dad like you know i wouldn't blame you for running off like whatever but she's is mad at him that she doesn't get to see him on his birthday which is the whole reason that she flew there yeah Um, because uh i mean being in a marriage uh, is a lot like being in the band Corn. Um, if you find religion, it causes a lot of traction, and then you end up kind of splitting up. Yeah. Um, and eventually you find Skrillex and you make a dubstep album. Exactly. <laughs> um, and that's, unfortunately, in the Left Behind sequel we never got. Yeah, but, I was um, really looking but, forward to the dubstep album. Well, Cage is flirting with this flight attendant lady telling really bad jokes. And, yeah, they're, uh, they're going up the escalator giving each other fuck-me eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chloe's like, hey. That's not my mom. And I gotta say, I mean, I'm looking at this flight attendant, and I think I think she can do better. Yeah, she is, like, young and conventionally attractive, and he is, like, he's Nicolas Cage in, <laughs> in 2014. Old and weird. He's probably well off. I, I actually don't know how much pilots make, but I'm assuming it's decent. Yeah, in this universe, they make a lot. Did you see the house? Oh, yeah, true. They yeah. had a really nice house. Yeah. The other weird thing is... Uh, Maybe it's not weird. It just seemed off to me that this young woman is named Hattie. Yeah, what kind of name was that? <laughs> they're, they're like, hey, you know what? Let's let's do our best to make her seem like an 80-year-old woman because she's clearly not. <laughs> and her name, for some reason, is Hattie, which I was really distracting me. <laughs> what the fuck? Maybe and, that's why Cage was so... Uh, she's so into Cage because she's an old soul. Maybe yeah. she is an 80-year-old woman, but just looks really good. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, I, you know, no. well, actually, I was going to say maybe she believes in God so hard that uh, he has saved her skin, but uh, she does not disappear in the Am I the only one catching the, the Hades thing? Oh. Whoa. Okay, so maybe she is the devil. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's devilishly attractive. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Oh, and I would like to apologize to anybody listening who was named Hattie, uh, because I didn't I didn't mean to call your name ridiculous, but let's be real. Um, I don't think any listener is named Hattie. I, yeah. I don't think anybody named Hattie can hear anything at this point. Yeah. Uh, um, so so uh, Chloe and Buck are sitting there talking about national national disasters. Uh, like like these clowns in the White House. Oh, <laughs> oh tropical. <laughs> this movie should have been made two years later because uh, there's a disaster that needs explaining right here. Uh, well, they're they're talking about natural disasters and how they've basically shaken their belief in any sort of God or Christianity. Yeah, they're real edgy. You know, that's great first date conversation. It's yeah. always what I go right to. Yeah, uh, when it, whenever I meet somebody who I plan to flirt with, I kind of break the ice by being like, hey, isn't God a fucking fuckhead? <laughs> yeah. Tornadoes are crazy. <laughs> Ugh. Families died. Yeah, dude. Like, um, People... if there was a God, how come Katrina happened? Uh, and a Want to go girl... back to my place? So before Cage shows up and uh, interrupts their little flirt fest, uh, when she tells him that she is about to be on a date with her dad um you can see the hope drain out of his eyes she's like uh i should i should tell you i'm waiting for someone and so he's like oh damn and she's like it's my dad uh and he's like wow weird person to fuck but <laughs> i am i don't know it's now. in vogue it's all over pornhub these days yeah that's true um what are you doing big bro <laughs> Hey, I caught you stealing cash out of mom's purse. I'm gonna teach you a lesson, and that's honestly this You're movie gonna is have kind to of... suck the lesson out of this. <laughs> this I'm is... just gonna say that there's a total scene set up at the mall, like when the kid wants the three hundred dollar drone. Oh what? Well. Never mind. Oh okay. Dave's getting horned up there. Again. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a boner. But this movie is kind of shot like a cross between a Lifetime movie and a cheap porno so yeah oh the way it's lit up it looks like it's like a soap opera or like a usa sitcom yeah. or something and the the way that all the dialogue is delivered is very like overly dramatic yeah um which which doesn't make Kinda it feel wooden. less like a soap opera <laughs> uh so apparently um one of the baggage cart driver men like pulls up and sees chloe and says hey uh I got these U2 tickets for your dad. There's two of them in, uh, whatchamacallit, took London. Took me two tomorrow. weeks to get them. Yeah, it took like me that. two weeks to get these tickets here. Get them to your dad. And he, he just keeps going on, like, get them to your dad, who knew that he was going to be flying to London on his birthday and was going to avoid meeting his daughter. Do you know his daughter? You know, just like, <laughs> she's learning way too much about her dad's potential affair. Oh, yeah. Um, so, turns out, Nicholas Cage is a baller who's taking his mistress to London to go see Bono. Oh yeah! Before he edges his <laughs> his way to her. Before he edges her way into her Larry Mullen Jr. <laughs> Side note: Do you think you two got left behind? Ooh, good question. I don't know. Yeah, def they had Sunday Bloody Sunday. Oh yeah, it says Sunday in it, and stuff happens. Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, early morning. So the uh, concert still goes on. Yeah, early morning, April four. Shot rings out in the Memphis sky, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <laughs> Chloe goes home to her mom and younger brother, and uh, she immediately starts fighting with her mom about religion. And she said, "I didn't come here to have deep conversations, even though she's the one who brings it up right away." So, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they are just kind of sitting there talking, like, "Hey, how's it been?" or whatever. 
And then she accidentally brings up like the crazy lady. Oh wait, you're kind of that crazy lady too. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the mom's just so lazy. It's so lazy and convenient. And and like that mom though, like won't just be like, okay, I understand. Let's move on. It's just like, no, let's talk about your eternal soul. This is very important to me that you know about Jesus. I think she says that like yeah, something like that. (laughs) And like this daughter's obviously like in her 20 somethings like she can find her own religion whatever you don't need to hammer over the head like hey listen yeah it's fine jesus Jesus. (laughs) yeah she's in college the only religion jesus i lost him i don't know what he is (laughs) i was at the mall and he just ran away from me (laughs) i have his robe right here he just disappeared and this fell to the ground um but uh, if you strike him down he becomes more powerful than you could possibly imagine you don't want to fuck with jesus (laughs) And I don't plan to after seeing this. Jesus Juan Kenobi. Yeah, and while this uh, this confrontation is going down, um, we see the little brother, like, watching from the next room, like, oh, shit. He's, he's watching it like it is a, a fight between God and the devil, and he wants to see who's going to win. He's like, uh, you know what? The God one makes sense. My <laughs> sister's kind of a B word. Um, <laughs> she won't buy me a drone. Yeah. I, I bet mean, she was Christian. She buy see, I'm not even going to do it. I still have a boner. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, then we cut back to the airplane and uh, we see a dwarf man who is very angry at everyone, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah. He gets some info from a young passenger whose dad plays for the Jets that her dad is injured. And he decides he's going to use that info to place a bet for three, three thousand dollars. Yeah, and just in case uh, you didn't pick up that he was a gambler from him, like, jotting down this information, we get uh, the guy sitting next to him on the plane forcing his way into the conversation uh, who says, like, Oh, a betting man, huh? You gonna give the little girl a cut? Convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so this uh, this actor you might remember from Scrubs, uh, that's where I knew him That's from. where I knew him from. Uh, I, I knew I saw him somewhere. That must have been it. Okay. Yeah, he was uh, like a, one of the janitors, and he like punched people in the nuts or something. Yeah. Um, he was just as confrontational. Uh, <laughs> seems like a, a common character choice for this fellow. Um, but then we see, the, so the little girl's mom is a pop sensation, Jordan Sparks. Throughout this whole movie, I was like, who is this lady? Like, I recognize her. And it wasn't until like way after when I was looking through who was in this movie. I was like, ah. Oh, that's who she is yeah she uh she does one of those songs that's uh, what happened to her career it got left behind oh <laughs> damn so yeah jordan sparks is on the plane uh she's the wife of one of the jets uh i think that does that make her benny <laughs> you got it <laughs> topical you got it elton john references it's, it's topical because the uh, elton john movie is coming out soon oh. <laughs> i think i don't know Rocket Man, now in theaters. Um. <laughs> uh, so Chloe takes her brother to the mall, and we get a very annoying scene of break dancers. Yeah, what was with that? I, I don't know. And they're all like, clapping up. like in a weird way. The worst part of it to me was that the claps were completely out of time with the music. It was actually hilarious because like it, it was just like I don't know. The claps were like a third as as fast as the music, so it was just completely out of sync. They're they all they wanted to there. make it believable. <laughs> uh, if there was a bunch of people like in a mall, let's let's be real, it would sound like shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never seen that happen at a mall. I worked at a mall for three and a half years. Uh, no flash mobs? No, no, uh, no breakdancing 
flash mobs, unfortunately. Wow. Maybe that was uh, before my time when I started working at the mall, because that was more like a 2010 thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you, you missed the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> then finally, what we've all been waiting for, the rapture happens. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, Chloe is hugging her little brother, and all of a sudden he's just gone. Everybody everywhere is disappearing, and they leave their clothes behind, so... And people immediately start looting. Yep. They immediately they're, start looting, robbing each other. Yeah. yeah. There is no time wasted. Like, their clothes fall, and a guy's like, hey, I bet there's a wallet in there. Just walks <laughs> over. And, and then, like, a minute goes by, and you see, like, people taking, like, a TV out of this wallet. It's like, just <laughs> not everyone chaos. just disappeared. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I don't really understand that. I feel like my first... Uh, reaction in that situation would be like whoa what the fuck just happened not time to loot things <laughs> i feel like if you weren't like a parent or with someone who got raptured like you wouldn't notice for a while but like if you're just walking <laughs> yeah. along and there's just like clothes on the ground you're just like okay that's weird because like i feel this movie's implying that society only works because christians are there yeah and uh once they disappear all hell breaks loose, and, uh, uh, quite literally. D despite how true that statement is, uh, um, we're not saying we disagree with that. Yeah, uh, it's, I just don't agree with the portrayal here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just personally... Uh, I wanted more smiting in my Christian movies. I mean, true. it's hard for me to say what I would do in that situation because I would be one of the ones who evaporated into heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and uh, which, which is why I, uh, I always dress like a piece of shit because uh i don't want to i don't want to leave my good clothes behind so yeah you take your sunday best with you up to heaven yeah well unless brian singer wrote heaven but hey <laughs> too old for heaven <laughs> yeah too old so. for heaven is a good idea for like a concept album but we'll get to that uh while the rapture is happening cage is already getting his flirt on with the flight attendant outside of the cockpit like pouring a drink with her or something yeah and uh, all of a sudden the plane starts plummeting and cage runs in sees his co-pilot's gone and his clothes are there and he saves it um yeah uh the, pa the kids disappear from the plane oh yeah and uh passengers start freaking out they mob the door demanding to see the captain because you know he made all those people disappear clearly yeah. i don't know how many times i've been on a plane and the pilot just like vanishes a bunch of people yeah. yeah, I hate that. And instead of like telling you over the intercom, like, "Hey, we're hitting some turbulence. I'm gonna vanish some people here." <laughs> uh, he didn't say anything, so they have to rush the cockpit. Yeah, and uh, got it. We got. I got to give it to the confrontational little person character. He waits at least a few minutes before he starts pointing fingers at the Muslim guy. <laughs> uh, he doesn't do it right away, but he, he gets, he eventually starts uh, searching through this man's bag because he might find like an evaporating ray or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, one would, of those... you, would you even know what that looks like? If for some reason he one made this thing <laughs> that just evaporates people. It's one of those things where you, you'll know it when you see it. We get, we get a lot of bad cuts back and forth between, uh, the plane and Chloe on the ground. And I say bad cuts because really the only part of this movie that matters is what what's going on the plane. There are like two important scenes with Chloe on the ground. And most of the time when they're cutting to her, she's just walking around and nothing is happening. Yeah. Like I felt like they kept going to her, like showing that like she's walking through the city and just shit's going down. Like at yeah, one she, point, like she walks by a bank or a jewelry store and this like guy gets shot out the window yeah which and a guy they, pulls a gun on her and then just walks away 
Yeah, yeah he, they they use it as a fake out moment to make you think the Muslim is going to shoot the the dwarf, <laughs> um, and then they do a quick cut to Chloe on the ground, and a guy's getting shot out a window. Yeah, um, they're like, "Oh, you're you're an Islamophobe," but uh-huh. also Muslims aren't going to heaven anyway. So, <laughs> hey. hey, this movie's racist, but you're even more racist for thinking that you're about to see that go down. Yeah. And the the thing that confused me most about. Uh, every time it showed Chloe on the ground was she seemed to be holding on to hope that her brother like had just left and gone somewhere. (laughs) Like she goes back to the car thinking that he apparently just stripped naked (laughs) in the mall and ran back to the car. Well, you guys have, you guys, I'm a little brother, so I don't know how many times I just stripped naked and ran home. (laughs) You know, you're, yeah, dude, I got a boner. (laughs) Real troublemaker. Uh, so that's why we have Zach on the pod is, uh. Oh yeah, at one point she goes to the hospital and breaks in, I guess. Oh yeah. Because they don't let people into the hospital? No, not anymore. Uh, Not when everyone's left behind. The Christians are the ones who do the admissions. (laughs) And she immediately goes to the maternity ward? Yeah. Like, why would her brother be there? Uh, Maybe he reverted to childhood. (laughs) Or to babyhood. Yeah, the reason he disappeared out of his clothes is because he was shrunken back into a baby. It was a Benjamin Button thing. Yeah, and for some reason, teleported back to a hospital. Uh, Um, Sorry, continue. No, that's... uh, I was just going to say, none of the babies are there in the maternity ward. Yeah. And she walks by a school bus and there's no children in there. All the clothes are gone. They're making it really clear that all the children were taken away. Yeah, because they're Can pure. children not sin? See, I, I was under the impression that you're born with original sin. And I don't... Do you get rid of that by being baptized? Yeah, the baptism gets rid of original sin. And then you're like clean slate yeah. or whatever. So is this movie just like a plug for baptism then? More so than it is Christianity? Because, what? I mean, there's a lot of like evidence that like they're not really following the word of the Lord so much as just like focusing on trivialities, like whether or not you've been dunked in water. I'm just saying. That's a major part for all the children. I think they're implying that be a Christian, get baptized, you'll go to heaven if nothing goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then... All the adults then made it to adulthood without sinning. Yeah. Or they, but again, I don't know if they made it to adulthood without sinning or if, or they had to be true believers or something. I don't know. Well, I feel like you'd have to be a There's believer. There's a Santa Claus movie with the exact same premise. <laughs> uh, yes, the unwavering belief in Santa. Uh, That's why all the children got raptured. They all believe in Santa. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Nicolas Cage um, says there's... No such thing in San- as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. Um, <laughs> so we have ascended. It just seems so weird to me that like children get a free pass. Yeah. I think not that I'm like all oh, those damn kids go to hell. Oh, well, like... they get to go. <laughs> I, I feel like the the delimiter is that anybody who has not masturbated gets to go to heaven. Yeah. Um, that could be it. Because Cameron's uh, cameraman goes to heaven, it's very clear that he is anti-masturbation. Mm. Um, he says it a bunch of times, like, I will not jack off on this plane. Um, and so he goes to heaven. He, he's Just having a real hard plane. time suppressing it. Yeah. Hey, uh, I saw a Hobson video with the same premise for this movie. Oh yeah, Hobson is pretty... Uh, Hobson, pretty like, like my ill mind five or whatever, is probably a better argument for Christianity than this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I want to see Hobson go up against that uh, creationist museum guy. What does Bill Nye know? Did the guy who invented heaven go to heaven? That's a good question. Did he? I'll tell you that. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, uh, also, at one point, uh, Cameron, I just wanted to make a quick note of this. Cameron noticed that somebody who was left behind must have been an air marshal, and they had a gun on the plane. And then he goes around, starts filming. Then he looks back again, and the gun's not in the holster anymore. Uh, We cut to the cockpit. There's another plane with no pilots, and it's about to collide with Cage's flight. The plane, like, clips the wing of Cage's flight and uh, cuts open the back. And uh, severing the fuel line. Yeah. Which I think if there's a midair collision like that, that would probably spend the, send the plane into a spin. I uh, don't worry about ca- it. Cause a lot worse. That's that science that. garbage that you follow. Oh yeah, um, this is a religious <laughs> film. That would happen mm-hmm. if God wasn't distracted, uh, getting all these people into heaven. Yeah, uh, but he wasn't. He wasn't there to orchestrate any of what was happening yeah. on Earth. <laughs> I guess he had a big new influx up there, and he had to like take account of his guests and stuff yeah. like that. Imagine the amount of paperwork that you would have to do to get the entire world into heaven at the same time. It's, it's got to be nuts up there. Yeah, St. Peter's got to be, like, just ripping his hair out, like, oh, f- yeah. with frustration. Like, no, what are you doing here? You were supposed to go to hell. I've got it written right down here. Like, it says hell, third circle. Like, <laughs> hey, at least, he, at least he gets holiday pay for the paperwork. rapture. <laughs> yeah. But I'm is it, like, the to... post office? Is it closed on rapture day? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They might have to wait a day. <laughs> Imagine being in the waiting room of heaven for like a whole day just because. <laughs> Can uh, we form a single line, please? <laughs> you better have all your papers and forms filled out before you reach St. Peter. I yeah. need your proof of baptism and your state issued ID. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Please pull out your Christianity card. We, uh, getting into heaven is a lot like voting. We're trying to, you know, suppress the minorities so you have to have like an ID <laughs> to get in. Um, well, you know, if all those uh, non-Christians, multiple votes wouldn't have counted, then Satan would have won. No, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. We're really lucky that uh, God put in that Muslim travel ban. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, uh, no collusion. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the plane is rapidly leaking fuel and the fuel ignites and there's a big giant ball of fire blasting out the bottom. Uh, and Cage Are says, you fucking serious, dude? I walked out of the room at this point. Yeah. Yeah, you missed uh, Cage saying, uh, goodness gracious, great ball of fire. Yeah. Um, Just to be clear, I only made it through about 15 to 20 minutes of this movie, and then I was, I was, yeah, I, I think out. Was, it wasn't happening. You saw the rapture happen, and then you were like, oh, this is a rapture movie, and then left. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I got some guac, got some chips, and went on upstairs. I was done with that. Yeah, Dave's already read Revelations, so... <laughs> You already knew how to end it. But in all honesty, that was like the only thing you really need to see for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after like, that... Oh, it's... Rapture happened. That's what it would have looked like. No, I saw the dudes on the bikes ride by and uh, take her bag afterwards and then a short <laughs> bus fall off a bridge and I was just like, I can't fucking believe this <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, she I was just done. like walking under a bridge and these scooter guys show up out of nowhere. Yo, yeah. Yeah, straight up. She keeps getting almost hit by unmanned vehicles. Uh, yeah, like in the mall, like immediately uh, an unmanned vehicle is just plowing through the wall, like going forward. And I'm like, if the driver just disappeared, wouldn't the car just kind of roll to a stop? Man, well, if, if God, if God's so good, then why did that happen? Yeah, like, yeah. There's a passenger. Why didn't the passenger just be like, oh, you're gone. Let me control this speeding vehicle. Yeah, or just put it in park or pull the parking brake or something. The this emergency. is why I to god every time i get in the passenger seat of a car <laughs> jesus take the wheel you don't want to be the last one left in the car when the rapture happens <laughs> believe me 
Yeah, Cage finds out they might not have enough fuel to get back to JFK Airport, which they turned around as soon as the whole rapture happened. And they're descending rapidly um, because uh, they're, I forget the word for it, the, the rotors that allow you to... The spoiler. Change, uh, spoiler warning. <laughs> but, spoiler uh, warning, they're destroyed. Yeah. Oh, and we didn't mention this, but uh, he's uh, the plane he's flying is a Mitsubishi... Uh, <laughs> It's super tricked out. <laughs> this is Fast and the Furious 11. has like pink neon lights under it. Ludicrous is there. It's got spinners too, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Cage looks over at his... Uh, well, Cage tells the flight attendant that he's been flirting with Hattie to go look for the missing flight attendant's things and bring them back over because he's got an idea. And he looks at his co-pilot and he finds a rosary in his clothes and a watch that has John 316 engraved into it. So, dude was a sports fan, was just going around, <laughs> I guess, hanging that. At... Well, I, I, I honestly don't know what that passage is. I just associate it with, up. like, baseball games. Yeah, I think it's just, like, go team. It's a Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. Hey, I figured this out the other day. Like, I, I'd been wondering about it. I'd been seeing it, seeing it on T-shirts since about, like, 1997, and... uh I don't know why I'm talking here. I really don't know the answer to this. I prefer a Rakishi <laughs> Bible verse. Uh, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his own, one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Uh, what does it have to do with touchdowns? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so she returns with the flight attendants things, and they put together that she's a Christian because they find a Bible study thing and their stuff, and Cage is just like, that's not yeah, definitely the Christian rapture. That's exactly what happened. It's the only explanation. And, and they then, don't waste any time figuring that out. And she's like, why are you all religious? And he's like, well, my wife. And she's like, your wife? Ah, and she gets all upset. And so yeah, apparently he never told her that uh, he was married. But yeah, he never told her that she was a mistress. <laughs> he just said, hey, let's go see you two if they haven't vanished. Yeah. Um, but and uh, then we hear. um. We go back and Chloe hears a voicemail of her dad's plane accident on her mom's phone, which I don't know how that got there. I don't remember Cage calling his mom. He repeatedly tries to mom. call her, but I thought the call didn't go through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently the rapture also takes down satellites. Yeah. I guess it gives bad reception. The satellites <laughs> go to heaven. They're uh, good satellites. Well, I mean, it, in order to run a cell phone company of any kind, you have to be a believer. And so when those people are gone... Wait, a believer or a believer? Uh, Both. Well, what's oh. the difference? Uh, because oh, God gave us the gift that oh, is oh. Canadian singer-songwriter Justin Beaver. <laughs> Justin Beaver? <laughs> um, oh, so... man. If he was Justin Beaver, then his fans would be believers. Oh. Uh, and they would... We'll, we'll cut that. <laughs> They would build, build houses out of I wood. can't believe you. <laughs> oh, come on, Dave. Cheap shot. And that's why. Sorry, I haven't been paying attention. I've been jerking off this whole time. <laughs> and we are uh, holding auditions for a new engineer. If you uh, are in the area, um, please apply. Yeah, so, what? Uh, Sorry, I was jerking off. Don't worry about it. Oh, uh, I guess uh, I should have mentioned at this point that the wife of the Jets player her daughter had disappeared, and she's been freaking out about it ever since then. So at this point, she's accusing everybody on the plane of kidnapping her daughter. Yes. And she... In a very elaborate plan. Yeah. Uh, she demands that they turn the plane around back to where her daughter disappeared so she can find her, which 
That that makes a whole lot of sense. Very but, um, tricky to kidnap a child on a plane yeah. um, over the ocean. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could uh, kind of like take your carry on, shove the kid in there, and then like stow it away up above. But yeah, and you'd know. only be able to find her if you returned to the point where she was kidnapped. So right, <laughs> that's how it works on planes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Jordan Sparks doesn't believe in God, but she does believe that they flew through a portal of some kind that they have to go back through to find her daughter. They gotta go back to the island. (laughs) They gotta gotta go back to the island. At this point, Evangeline Lilly busts into the airplane. Uh, Dominic Monaghan is wiping heroin off of his teeth and nose. um, And uh, other references. So yeah, Jordan Sparks is accusing uh, people of kidnapping her kid. And she pulls out the gun. She pulls out the gun. And see, up, up until this point, because um, the filmmakers and you as an extension of the filmmakers are racist, and you believe that the Muslim guy has the gun. Oh, I thought we were supposed to assume the uh, midget had the gun. Well, we don't say that word here. Uh, so let's, <laughs> let's bleep that hard. Um, uh, we call them Little John's. Uh, what? Oh. <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> so the the little John doesn't have the gun. Okay. And neither does the Muslim guy. So it was Jordan Sparks all along. It was Jordan Sparks, and she's waving the gun around like I want to be a judge on American Idol. Or, I don't. I don't know what I can't. Sounds I, right. I can't really. I don't know enough about her to go any deeper than that. Um. But yeah, she's like, give me my daughter. You guys obviously all orchestrated this plan. You knocked me out, took my kid, took off a bunch of clothes. Yeah, <laughs> of a bunch of other people, too. She, uh, she <laughs> to holds throw me off, but I knew. She pins down the little person and tries to, like, peel out a, away a, a mask that isn't there because she thinks that they put her child in disguise <laughs> and that's how they kidnapped her. Uh, but it turns out that's what he actually looks like. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, uh, the investigative journalist is like, hey, point the gun at me. We didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> just stop. And then she's like, ah, oh, and then threatens to shoot herself. And then they're like, no, 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 just don't. And she's like, oh, OK. Yeah, then that, then that scene ends. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, well, we cut down to uh, Chloe again. And uh, I wish she would step back from that ledge, my friend. <laughs> She is on a bridge, and she's she's not just, like, on the edge of a bridge. She, like, climbed all the way up it, like, Spider-Man style. Yeah. Yeah, she's on the very top of the bridge somehow, which, I, thought, I mean, I don't think that that extra bit of height was going to make it any less deadly to jump off of it. But Yeah, you'll, you'll crack your spine either way. Don't worry, Chloe. <laughs> I thought at this point she was going to, like, give, like, kind of a monologue to be like, oh, God, like, if you're there, like, why did you do this? And, like kind of like shout the frustrations that all these like people on the edge of belief would have. Yeah. yeah. But get, get no. some like character development or something. Nope. Just, she's <laughs> no. just going to stand there yes. and then get a call. Yeah. <laughs> that she gets a phone call from uh, Cam- Cameron Buck and her dad who uh, have satellite phones. So they give her a call and say that they need to land the plane and uh, JFK airport is full. So she just runs off. In a not well explained thing, I wasn't sure what was going on, but then she calls them as saying she found an abandoned highway for the plane to land on, and she starts pushing all the shit, all the construction obstacles yeah. off she of it with a She starts clearing a runway. Yeah. Uh, but she's like clearing the 
like big orange barrels and everything like the light plasticky stuff yeah would that affect a plane no i think if your truck can push it it's not gonna stop the plane <laughs> the plane if will be you fine. can lift it <laughs> a plane can push it like, um, like the only thing she really needed to move was that like uh shit what's the name of that equipment big rolly thing in the uh, front steamroller steamroller yes yeah the cleveland and she couldn't move that <laughs> um but yeah, so she gives them the GPS coordinates from her phone, then pours a bunch of gas and lights it on fire to light it up so they can see where the runway is. Cage and Cameron spot the explosion from the gas, and we get a very bad CGI plane crash landing as it skids across the runway here. My favorite part of this sequence is uh, they cut to the plane, and Cameron is talking to Nicolas Cage, and they're like, they're basically, like, the, the point of the conversation is, did she do a good enough job clearing off the runway? And Nicolas Cage is like, no, she fucking sucks, but we'll <laughs> yeah. make it work. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a, a great little detail. They're like, wow, she did a pretty shitty job, but you know what? We'll pull this one out anyway. <laughs> I like, too, that at one point he's like, uh, like, where are you? She's like, oh, like, I'm at this highway. Like, this is the address. He's like, oh, open your compass app and give me the latitude and longitude. Like, do people just have that on their phone? Uh, yeah, we my compass from, app does not give me latitude and longitude. Yeah, we learn from knowing um, <laughs> that some people just plug in coordinates, uh, and that's how they get places. That's how I got here. Yeah, apparently Nicholas oh, Cage. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> apparently Nicholas Cage one. is just all for coordinates. Uh, that's 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 the only language he knows. Like, hey, uh, what are your exact coordinates? Um, and he, he like looks down from the window of the plane and there's like a giant sign all the way up in the sky that says like exit 47. It's like, ah, here it is. This is our exit. Uh, <laughs> I got a merge. All very convenient. Um, but yeah, uh, they evacuate the plane. Chloe runs up and hugs Cameron and her dad. Uh, Cage apologizes to Hattie and she's just like, all right. And uh, they look out and the New York skyline is on fire because... You know, when a bunch of people disappear, just the whole skyline just lights up. That's yeah. The only thing uh, preventing uh, this home from going up in flames uh, that we're in currently is our Christian energy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Cameron looks up at the skyline and says, it looks like the end of the world. And Chloe says, no, it's just the beginning. (laughs) And And then a weird song plays like a weird song choice. Yeah. Well. I was going to say all of the music in this sounds like really bad public domain 90s like Christian rock things. I don't know. It sounds like they didn't hire a composer. They just found music that they could use for free and just slapped it into the movie. Yeah, which is most Christian rock. Yeah. Uh, Why didn't they have Jordan Sparks do something? Right. Yeah, if she's in she the movie. She was there. She was, well, she was busy filming filming the movie, I guess. She had like four lines. <laughs> and like half of the scene she was in, she was like asleep. Yeah. The whole movie seemed like it was done on favors. Like, it was like everything was acceptable, but like just acceptable. Like, you know, it had like TV lighting and the music seemed fake and like the dialogue was. T- I mean, I'm not even. Yeah. <laughs> Nicolas Cage was like, all right, I'll do this, but you have 10 days of my time. <laughs> Any more than that. Uh, and I'm going to be fucking out of here. I can pretend to be a bad Christian for 10 days. Yeah. yeah. Um, he doesn't have to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> and just the, the very obvious. Um, setting up of a potential sequel here um which thankfully i think didn't happen yeah 
what did we say at, at the top? There's a series. Yeah, there's apparently a TV series that came out. I don't know if it's like directly sequeling it or just like using the same source material. Yeah, it might just be based on the books. I don't know. Uh, when we started recording, this podcast was the first that I'd heard of it, but. Uh... Yeah, and I I believe uh this movie apparently mostly just covers the first book. Yeah, it's all the first book. Um so I did read in this TV show there is a antichrist character. Uh-oh. And Ooh. it sounds way more interesting than this movie. <laughs> that's that's a, a clear villain in this movie would have made it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, there was no villain. I guess the villain was not believing in And you're God. apparently not <laughs> supposed to root for these people because they're bad Christians? Yeah. Yeah, so as soon as everybody disappears, we want everyone else to die. But they I guess, yeah. I, yeah. Like, what do you want the non-raptured people to do? Like, become better and they will get raptured? Or is it just, like, sucks to suck? Deuces. Yeah, what does she mean by this is, like, a new beginning? Like, hey, you know what? Your wife slash my mother is gone. But you know what? We can do this. <laughs> We get this. What, what, what is what is the plan going forward? Like she she, she there's no closure. She seems like I'm gonna of... tell God you didn't get raptured, little <laughs> sis. <laughs> <laughs> Come over here. <laughs> I'll have to teach you a lesson. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say the movie kind of has a the dialogue is kind of wooden. It, it feel, felt like it had a bad script. The acting wasn't. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I felt like they didn't have a whole lot to work with most of the time. I yeah. feel like the lines they had to deliver felt unnatural. So no matter what they did, it wasn't going to feel all that natural. Yeah, nothing um, felt right in this movie. Um, it felt like everything was kind of done in like a take. Mm -hmm. All the, I thought that the editing kind of killed any sense of pacing personally because they kept coming back to Chloe on the ground who didn't really have anything... <laughs> Her story is basically all about the fact that she helps clear the runway so that the plane can land. But basically, the movie is about the plane. So it's basically the movie Airplane, but not funny and uh, yeah, not Christian. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, uh, the, but there is one redeeming scene um, on the plane before everybody disappears, where um, the Muslim guy is like, "We got to get these motherfucking kids off this motherfucking plane." <laughs> Um, and uh, then he was played by Sam Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, if you're going to watch a Rapture movie, just watch This is the End instead. It's a better one, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, you know what? Watch five-star feature film Knowing. 2009's <laughs> Knowing. Um, because True. at least you see some fucking aliens in that one. Uh, <laughs> not really anything going on in this one. I was hoping, like, at the end when she was about to jump off the bridge, like, the sky would open up. There's like just, a demon. Yeah. yeah. You just hear a voice like, hey, Chloe, <laughs> hey, you missed your chance uh, with the God day, but why don't you come with me? Sylvester Stallone played <laughs> the devil. <laughs> I was going to say it was Stallone. <laughs> if Stallone played the devil, that would have been great. Hey, uh, Chloe, <laughs> if you kill yourself now, we'll never be able to do a sequel. <laughs> At least let's crowdfund first. <laughs> then kill yourself. We don't meet our goal. Um... But yeah, I think that's kind of our thoughts about uh, Left Behind. We'll take a short break and we'll get back to you with Zandali. Uh, have fun in the 15 seconds before you hear us again. Bye. <laughs>
Ben Tennyson, Tennyson. versus Ben Tennyson. Aku and Grim Till I Die. Oh, oh man, yeah. that game is so good. Grim was uh Grim was OP. Really good. I love Samurai Jack. Oh yeah. Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack was a good one. Well, I liked Ben Tennyson versus, versus Ben Tennyson. Tennyson versus Vilgax. <laughs> I never watched Ben 10, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's about like called? people discussing uh, being 10 years old. Yep. Like they've been 10. It's like a uh, cartoon network. Have you guys been 10 before? Oh, you know what? I have. Uh, uh, me as an 11 year old. <laughs> Back when I was 12, I was 10. <laughs> Back in my day, we were 10 for a full four years. <laughs> Back in my day, you were 10 for 30 years and you worked on a farm. We went from 10 to 40. <laughs> Bitch, you're rolling. Oh. Hello and a welcome back. We are here now to talk to you about Zandali, the uh the other movie in our matchup here. It's a uh, it's a movie starring Nicolas Cage. This is the movie where I think I figured out a pattern in his movies. Ah. Uh-huh. If there are boobs in it, it is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Strange because that's usually the opposite case for any other movie. Exactly. Like, yeah. if you see a titty, you're not going to enjoy this film. <laughs> yeah, and there was a full breasts and vagina in the first three minutes of this movie. Yeah, it was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Yeah, I, I think uh, I had a note in here uh, about like 40 minutes into the movie. I was like, I think we've seen as much nudity as we have seen clothing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really just the fuss everywhere. The funniest part of this is the lady who's naked for most of the movie works in a clothes store. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, but um, I guess when you work all day there, you don't want to bring your work home. Yeah, don't bring your work home. <laughs> for, for as much nudity as they show in this movie, they're really shy about showing any wieners. There's no, like, there's there, no wieners in this there, film. There's a scene where uh, the uh, titular character and her husband uh, were both naked. And her husband's walking around naked. You never can see his crotch. You see his butt. But. You see his butt. But there's a there's like a, a split scene where he walks over and he's wearing like a pasty over his crotch. Because <laughs> uh, you can you can show a vagina, but any uh, anything hanging down. Nope. Not appropriate. Never the phallus. Free the nipple, um, and free the free the dick. Free the dick. FTD. Uh, so this movie is rated R, as you may have gathered. Uh, apparently they had to fight to get an R rating. It was going to be rated NC seventeen, uh, but they did some cuts to so that it could be released wide. Because if you don't know, a lot of uh movie theaters won't show NC seventeen movies or uh. Basically, it's a death sentence to get that rating for your movie. No one goes to see it because there's not many places to see it, and it doesn't get a very wide release. Yeah, it's called the uh, Paul Rubens Clause, because uh, if there's uh, too much nudity in your movie, uh, everybody's going to be jacking off in the theater. So there's enough sticky floors at theaters, as is. Yeah. So NC-17. People are tired of having Pee Wee Herman in the theaters. Yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, Fred Willard. Uh, I got a boner. We're just going to do a quick <laughs> so list does, uh, of celebrities who have been arrested masturbating in public <laughs> places. You got your Fred Willard, you got your Paul Rubens, you got your probably Penn and Teller. They seem, <laughs> yeah, they seem like they might have jacked it in a theater or two. Yeah. Or I bet Teller did. Teller's a little and fucking And then Penn, Penn distracted him while he was talking, 
And then Teller's just... Look, I'm 800 feet tall. Don't look at that guy jacking off over there. And that that was their first magic trick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Their first ever magic trick was a... Distracting... Amazing distractibility. And... Um, Alakazam, you're sexually assaulted. (laughs) And uh, instead of like a puff of smoke, you just like blast. You know what? (laughs) Let's cut that out too. Um, so Zandily. So Zandily. Came 1991 out, or 90? Yep, 91. Came out in 91, directed by Sam Pillsbury, who Sam. Uh, I believe also, uh, as a side hobby, likes to get poked in the belly and laugh. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of subtle, like, teehees uh, mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, yeah, but of course, we if did you watch turn it up really cut. loud, yeah. you, you can hear him in the background. Um, Sam Pillsbury, director of Free Willy 3. And the unforgettable movie that started it all, 15 and Pregnant, which apparently uh, is a movie before it came a reality show. Oh, well, that's I, th- I think the pregnant. reality show is 16 and Pregnant. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But in the so in Hollywood, movie... it's a little bit sexier if they're a little younger. Yeah. Uh, hey, what did Brian I... Singer? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought Brian Singer directed that movie. I hey. thought it was a documentary about his life. Well, uh, except boys don't get pregnant, but. Yeah, um, not anymore, thanks to Brian Singer. <laughs> um, uh, runtime of 104 minutes, uh, and I could not find any information about the budget or box office gross for this movie anywhere online. Interesting. Yeah. Apparently this movie was filmed under the title Adios Terry, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is not a, not a joke. Uh, I, I couldn't say it without laughing, yeah. um, but the... One of the characters is named Terry and uh, Adios, Adios to him. Uh, <laughs> um, Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter got 33%, 29% audience score. So this is one of the few times where the audience liked it less, albeit by 4%. So, meh. Yeah, so the critic, this is just proof that critics are stupid. Um, so uh, in the cast, we have uh, Erica Anderson as the titular character, Zandalee. Um, she Very titular. Uh, yeah, in, they, I think I see you see what you did there. There's more shots with her boobies than there aren't. Hm. Yeah, the half the time she's just laying there. I don't think she ever wears a bra in the whole movie. No, a lot of a lot it of nipples. Was the time? Yeah, this is another one that I stopped watching after 15 minutes, but I did not catch a bra for the entirety of those 15 minutes. Yeah, if you if you stopped watching this movie after 15 minutes, you still would have seen uh, 300 nipples. I did. <laughs> um. So Erica Anderson, um, she was in Nightmare on Elm Street five. Which oh. we all remember. We don't have to say the plot for that movie. I can almost guarantee she showed her nipples in that too. Um, she was also in Twin Peaks, and no, I'm not referring to those titties. Um, <laughs> we got Judge Reinhold as the Terry. Honorable Judge Reinhold. The Honorable Judge Reinhold as Terry, who you might remember from Beverly Hills Cop, uh, also starred with Nicolas Cage in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I did see that. Yes. Um. So they. They have already slept with each other's spouses before in another movie, probably. Um, mm-hmm. This is their uh, second case of cross-fidelity. Well, no, marital infidelity. We'll, we'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what that movie's about, but I'm willing to bet that uh, they definitely did some partner swapping because it was the 80s and mm-hmm. they were crazy, crazy kids. Um, Judge Reinhold, uh, I know personally as the, uh, the close talker from Seinfeld, who's with me. Hmm. No, I know him as the Honorable Judge Reinhold from Clerks. Oh yeah, I, was that? That's where that's from. And they reference Zandali in Clerks. Oh, I don't remember that. 
Maybe uh, I catch it I now think if it's I rewatch. Randall it. says like, uh, "I've seen all your movies, including Zandali and some other bad movie he was in." Oh, yeah. Uh, well, let's not spoil anything. Um, this movie was either good or bad. Could be both. Could be neither. Um, it's but, most likely bad though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Based I, off the track record thus far. Yeah. It, I feel like it would have been good um, under the original title, Adios Terry. Because um, when you see that up yeah. on the marquee, you're like, hey, give me two. That puts, and there's only one of them. That puts butts in seats. Exactly. And you know what? Lots of butts in this movie. Not in seats, though. Right in your face. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, going on to a plot summary. Our first shot is some immediate nudity. Um, yep, dancing around completely naked. Um, while uh, um, Terry, Judge Reinhold, is uh, shaving and talking to himself in the mirror, and I couldn't understand half of what he was saying. He's but... practicing, like, a meeting speech, uh-huh. uh, where he's, like, forms and papers and other business stuff. It's very generic business talk. Hello, fellow businessman. Would you like to conduct business? <laughs> That's that's the vibe I get from him because so we get the backstory that uh, when he first started uh, dating Zandali, he was a poet, mm-hmm. but then his like dad died, and he had to take over the family business and made bank apparently. Yeah, yeah. He's like Which, the vice president. Yeah, he's the vice president, and I think the it was like a a radio network. It sounded like I, was I, it? there was like a <laughs> single mention of it. And uh, that was he, yeah. His like dad started with a single radio or something. Yeah, but no idea. Couldn't tell you what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. After that, uh, we get a cut to my favorite character, Steve Buscemi, the garbage man. Oh yeah. Who I don't really understand his role in this movie. He's but... the garbage man. <laughs> it's very confusing because he just kind of pops up randomly throughout the movie, and, and you're just like, like, "Is that Steve Buscemi?" <laughs> oh yeah, he's in this movie, and. They try to convince you that he's relevant in some way, but I don't really know. Yeah, but he's just know. the garbage man. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, uh, the first shot he's in could have been out of the movie completely. It wouldn't have changed a goddamn thing. It's just him picking up garbage and talking to a guy, and then... He could yeah. have been out of this movie. <laughs> and then we see him, like, uh, stealing a TV and running from the police or something. Yeah, and then Nicolas Cage is like, well, if you don't want to get caught, you shouldn't steal. And then, and and then he like, rapes get- her. That, oh, yeah. the, the scene tr- with the trigger stolen... warning there's some rapey scenes in this movie uh but... yeah just very uh uncomfortable all around um but uh just to i just wanted to quickly insert that when steve buscemi does steal the tv um i think all of us collectively said what is this <laughs> left behind Fourteen. Uh-huh. so um Okay, so Judge Reinhold uh, <laughs> plays Terry, um, who every time I uh, looked away from the screen and saw him out of my periphery, I for some reason thought he was David Spade. I never realized it, but he kind of almost looks like David Spade. I could see it if he shaved. Yeah. I, I also need to interject here. We keep saying Terry, but they pronounce it as like Tyree or yeah, something. Like There's an H in it. And it's not spelled like t-e-r-r-y yeah it's a t-h-i-e i call him i'm i'm calling him terry because I don't i'm gonna call him theory fiery irving by the way this fiery. takes place in louisiana yes and they all have thick act well no he has a thick accent and that's yeah, it Yeah, he's got a nolan's accent and then occasionally some other people try to throw one on and it's well for instance steve buscemi's new orleans accent is terrible <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize he was even doing a voice. Yeah, he's like, I'm Steve Buscemi, but from New Orleans this time. 
his last scene where he gets the most dialogue, it's just, I was just like, man, this accent is not working. You should have just dropped it. Not everyone in the South has an accent. We could have gotten you know that. I don't think that's true. Uh. Um, I've been to the South uh, and they all sounded like Steve Buscemi doing a fake <laughs> New Orleans accent. Uh, not to generalize, but that's just a fact. Um, so Zandali and Thyri yeah. are... Uh, Thyri Irving. Um, we find out they went to college together, I think. Um, yeah, I think something like that. I don't. Or they met after... I don't know. They met at some point in their yeah. past, and then they Cage, got married. Yeah, they yeah. met Cage somehow. is a painter, an artist. Terry was a poet. Uh, currently, Cage was a rambunctious artist, and he never attended his classes. And... He says some things like, uh, money is just an excuse for a lack of art anyways. Yeah. And, uh, yeah they, they, very pretentious art person lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at one point, uh, yeah, he says that in response to uh, Terry asking him about, like, uh, what about, like, getting paid? And he's like, <laughs> money is for fucking narcs, bro. <laughs> yeah. What it about goes a against, nerd? It goes against art. Uh, but, and it's weird that uh, he could even become an artist Uh after he skipped class because uh you know to be a good artist you have to go to all the classes uh which is why he's obviously a piece of shit failure (laughs) um so uh yeah sandali and terry uh sorry thyri uh are in a struggling relationship yeah um sandali seems to be annoyed that terry isn't as fun as he used to be because he's focused on his business now this movie bugged me watching it because like Terry, I'm saying Terry, because yeah. it's his name is ridiculous. Terry, uh, Hattie. <laughs> like, this guy marries this woman, gets a good job, and, like, is making a living for her, and she's upset that he's not a poet anymore? Like, come on, lady. Yeah, I feel like, uh, really, the, the whole point of this movie was to uh, emasculate anybody watching. Like, hey, uh, if you can't get a boner, um, then your significant other is going to fuck Nicolas Cage. Spoilers. (laughs) But it wasn't even that. That's true. They were mid-sex, and then she was like, I want to try crazy shit. He's like, I just got home from work. (laughs) He's like, crazier than missionary? (laughs) What are you... We're not even trying to procreate right now. What would that even be? way out of my depth. Yeah, the the whole first couple of scenes of this movie felt like they weren't very connected to the previous scene, and it was just like a montage of uh, a relationship on the rocks and Nicolas Cage being around. Although, hold, hold on, I don't think we mentioned Cage's oh, no. introduction. The best Nicolas Cage introduction <laughs> we've had. At a bachelor party where everyone is wearing fezes for some reason. Don't worry about it. Uh, we got <laughs> um, our... Except for anybody who has breasts. Yeah. Uh, they're just wearing nothing. Yeah. Whipped cream, they're, Yeah, they're wearing whipped cream. <laughs> cage shows up and we just see a, a silhouette of the cage man. And then all of a sudden we see him whip his hair to the side and show Which trot right um, on in. He's rocking a mullet, by the way, during this movie. His oh, hair yeah. is the real star of this movie. For sure. Uh, without question. Um, he, I mean, he does a decent job, I would say, in this movie. But his, his hair is really really the the forefront of everything that happens. oh yeah i was staring at it for the majority of the first like 30 minutes i couldn't get over it <laughs> yeah um i would say 30 for me 30 minutes if this movie was 30 minutes um <laughs> but if it was longer than that then i would say the whole duration i was distracted <laughs> by, um, by his hair 
Um, and so, yeah, there's a bachelor party. Everybody is shooting whipped cream on nipples <laughs> and <laughs> sucking it off. Uh, yeah, except Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. Because he goes down on this girl. and Oh, yeah, right at the you. party. Yeah. Going crazy. And I guess uh, Terry and, and uh, Nick Cage's character, who I think is named Johnny or Jonathan. Johnny, Johnny. Callens. Johnny. Johnny Callens Cage. Um, they, uh, Johnny Cage. Uh, apparently, Johnny Callens Cage. <laughs> That's his full name in the film. Nicholas but. Johnny Collins Cage Cadillac Williams. <laughs> um, they they uh, run into each other at the bachelor party and apparently hadn't seen each other in a very long time. But now they uh, Terry's interested in seeing Cage again. Like I want to hang out more, man, or something. Yeah. yeah, I can I can tell you're good at sex. I need your influence <laughs> uh, because I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Um, that that was jumping back a little bit. We got all these scenes uh, of Zandali and Terry not having very good sex anymore, and she's all frustrated, and he's all like, "Oh, I'm frustrated too with work. Fuck that shit. I'm and, frustrated uh, with how much you want to well, bang." I, I wouldn't even say it was like disappointing sex or something that they were doing. It was like she like he's already asleep in bed. She comes home in the middle of the night drunk, mm-hmm. and yeah, like he like, wakes up and she's like. Wants to do anal or something? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's like, like she's like bending over, like come on, and he's like ah, and, and then like, he starts, oh. and then she's like, let's try something adventurous, or I forgot the word, <laughs> and then he's like, okay, I'm done. Like, <laughs> yeah. Moral of the story: um, if you have worked hard all day and you don't want to have sex in the middle of the night, you're not a real man. <laughs> um, so let that be clear. I thought uh, it was weird too in that scene how like. He stops and like goes over to the chair and like they're, tr- he's trying to like talk to her and be like, like I I don't know what's going on like this is crazy or paraphrasing, and she just starts like masturbating and he's like come on yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. she's crying yeah while masturbating while he's this is the part where he like walks by and they refuse to show his penis and you can kind of see a <laughs> glimpse of something covering it mm. um she's like tears running down her face masturbating obviously. They know my turn-ons. Uh, <laughs> and Judge Reinhold is like, do you have to? You have to freaking flick it right now. <laughs> At least wait till I am asleep. Oh, fuck Johnny. <laughs> yeah, so uh, then Zandali's out running. Uh, she runs by Steve Buscemi running with a TV, yelling about how he's stealing a TV. And then, <laughs> and then, then a bunch <laughs> of cops get him. <laughs> and he just gives up. He's like, all right, you got me, you got me. He just puts the TV down and lets them take <laughs> Very strange sequence. And uh, Cage, like, sees her running by and, like, pulls her in and grabs her. And he's like, hey, look at me. Oh, I'm all weird and artsy. And then Ooh, I have this hair. <laughs> um, and uh, then after that, we see um, Terry's having uh, Cage make a painting of him, a little portrait to hang in his office or something. And uh, he's getting the painting, commenting on it. Then he walks into the other room and Cage just mouth rapes Zandali. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, like uh, out of nowhere. Yeah, he just walks up to her and kisses her and she's like pushing him away while he's kissing her. It's, uh, I mean, this shit wouldn't fly in 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Nor should it have uh, flown then, but uh, it was a different time, apparently. Um, Yeah, so we get the introduction to... Terry's a grandmother also. Is there. Was that his grand? I couldn't tell their I relationship. I had no idea who. I thought it was Zandali's mom, maybe. I didn't no, fucking know. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Just then, the old lady that's there for some reason. 
old lady that's there and she's uh she's like hey uh who's your friend would he, could he like fuck your wife um, <laughs> Uh, Zandali's like out in the rain and gets her umbrella stolen or something. I couldn't I tell what was going on. I think she gives it away. Yeah, maybe. I, I I don't know. I don't know. But the guy's got a blue umbrella and he's wearing like all blue and it's the same color blue. So maybe he's like, "Hey, wouldn't that be good for me?" And she's just like, "You're right. It makes the fit," and just gives it to him. <laughs> and she's like, oh, "You're a crip. So here's <laughs> your blue umbrella." Yeah. All crips get blue umbrellas. <laughs> if if you ever see a crip. And you have a blue umbrella. You have to give it to him. I didn't mean to uh, to slur there, but uh, uh, yeah. And then Cage finds her and like pulls her off to the side, and he says stuff like "We're inevitable," and she's like, "No, get away from me." And Cage is getting kind of rapey, but I guess Zandali is, is entranced by. Is it. this the point where he's like, "I like when you don't wear anything underneath," and she yeah. just takes off her? Pants. Yeah, she just starts dropping her underwear right there in the rain while they're making out outside, and then and then cut like, to his loft apartment. Like, what a panty dropper! <laughs> Literally, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and then so we cut to them fucking super hard. Oh yeah, Cage is grunting like a madman. To be clear, uh, they're also doing missionary. He's just doing it way harder yes. and better, and his ass is more. You know, toast. <laughs> yeah, he just. Um, I don't know if they had a cage. Is dummy thick. <laughs> he really is. Either that, or they had a colonel, <laughs> a body double that they threw a mullet wig on, and they had him Tommy Wiseau. This woman. Um. Then we get a weird little artsy scene where Cage is like finger painting her. Yeah, her body, and it, it's really just an excuse for the director to get close up shots of. Uh, the actress's breasts. <laughs> yeah, as if we haven't seen enough of that already. Yeah. Um, oh, fun fact. Apparently, uh, he was supposed to paint her with red paint, but they changed it to blue and yellow paint because apparently that indicates uh, intimacy in some way. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. More, I thought the red would be like fiery passion and the blue would be more. Maybe the red cool. would be too confusing for like blood or something. Yeah. Or... It's like, <laughs> oh, he's like rubbing her. Uh, period blood all over her <laughs> body, which I guess it, that would be pretty romantic. Um, that is of, pretty intimate. Yeah, because intimate. Uh, your lesser men are grossed out by that kind of thing, and so if they really but wanted not to, Nicholas Cage, not Nicholas Cage, Terry. Uh, there's one week per month he's not it. laying it down, but you know what, Johnny, he'll throw it down whenever, wherever. <laughs> he could have worked a thirty-hour shift. You wake him up in the middle of the night and spread your cheeks, and he's right. There. He's all up in it. And that's what we're led to believe. And um Cage is in a bar doing card tricks to someone, so that brings to a our priest. Uh, yeah, to yeah, priest. Yeah, we, we need a tally on yeah. the Cage magic trick. That is our uh, meter. Third instance of Cage doing magic tricks. Uh also in Next and uh in Deadfall with his card trick. That isn't really a trick, he just has jokers and guesses. It's a jokers. trick to the person. True. Yeah, he's uh, he's a magic man. Well, that's where you get the quote. Why is it that the Baptists have all the women and no booze, and the Catholics have all the booze and no women? Mm-hmm. And then the priest is like, "Wait till 2014. <laughs> there's a movie that you can see." <laughs> um, and for some for some reason, the bartender is played by uh, singer songwriter Aaron Neville, um, <laughs> who is easily distinguished by the giant mole on his head, which has a third eyebrow. Um, <laughs> It's, uh, you know, and it, not to not to shame anybody's appearance, but um, he does look like a freak who should die. Um, oh, yeah. Just kidding. Just, <laughs> uh, 
let's uh we don't have to cut that out but let's just can we insert me saying that he's deaf (laughs) (laughs) um so terry walks into the bar and finds him there and says yeah nicholas cage you've got to come to dinner well johnny i'm sorry but I have. I don't think in any of these I've ever referred to Cage by his actual character's name. He's just Nicolas Cage in all these yeah. movies. He invites him to dinner. Cage comes with a girlfriend that he's got there, but is flirting with Zandali the whole time. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's trying to like run his hand up her leg, but she's stabbing him with a fork because. So this was a little confusing for me. Uh, she's married. Mm-hmm. Yes, but. He isn't allowed to have a girlfriend or bring her to dinner, at least. Uh, how dare he bring his girlfriend to her house with her husband? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how are you supposed to fuck me on a dryer with everybody in the next room? Yeah, that was like, so they're just like, oh, we're going to go wash up for a second. Let's go fuck on this dryer. They're supposed to be like preparing dessert or something. And uh, he's like, hey, what if I put my dick in your mouth when your husband is in the next room? And then so then then all of a sudden they're in like the uh, laundry room and <laughs> they're they're banging up on the dryer and she and turns keeps, on the dryer and or, it keeps like flashing to uh, Terry just like his face just like sitting there he's yeah. like he's like staring off like he knows that they're fucking somehow yeah yeah like he hears the dryer go off and he's like wait our laundry's done <laughs> she never turns on the dryer unless she's getting banged <laughs> and they've been gone for a while um. So uh, then in the next scene, Terry criticizes Zandali's hair for some reason, and she gets all mad about it and goes off jogging, and Cage finds her again. <laughs> this it was terrifying. She's literally just jogging down the street, and he jumps at her out of an alley and pulls her <laughs> into it. Yeah. Like, what a tactic. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> that, that's a way to make an introduction. I I would be... Utterly terrified. If yeah, just I don't know. I don't, I don't really care who it is. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's going down now, buddy. Yeah, you're just you. uh, if you don't know what's you're just assuming you're being assaulted, which she she basically was, but mm. she just happened to know the <laughs> assaulter in this case. Yeah, they. I think that's when like she's like saying like, oh, we can't do this or something, and Nicolas Cage is like, but does this feel good? And just like grabs her by the pussy. Yeah, he, he's like, uh, is this poetry? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then he uh, yeah, and pulls he a keeps, Trump on her. They're having sex, and uh, she he keeps asking her to say his name, and then she says Terry, and then he's like all mad about it. He's like, and, hey, that's your husband's name. I'm not your husband. And uh, she's like, I can't do this. I can't be what you want me to be. And he's like, you can if you just loosen up. And then he uh, pours olive oil into cocaine and rub, rubs it onto her body. <laughs> and are you like, fucking think, serious? He there's I there's think, cocaine on a table. He makes it very clear that he like puts a pile of cocaine on his hand and then olive oil on his hand and then his hand goes in there. Yeah, he like he even mixes it on the table like it's like some herbs that he's gonna dip a piece of bread in or something. Yeah. I just love that's prefaced with Zandali saying like. I won't do drugs. And he's like, I didn't ask. <laughs> and then he just shoves a bunch of cocaine up her pussy, um, which is fine. Ew, uh, and then it's never brought up again. Yeah. Nope. So we have him uh, dragging her into an alley without her knowledge. We have him drugging her without her permission. Um, and so kissing her without her permission. Yeah. But basically I, I normal relationship stuff. <laughs> um, oh, and then, uh, yeah, he uh, gets mad that he's, cheating on him with her husband. <laughs> yeah. You cheating on me with your husband? 
did you fuck your husband? <laughs> then then we get another scene where Xanderly ends up going to Cage's apartment and waiting there for him to show up because they're supposed to bang on his lunch break. And then he gets called into Terry's office and Terry's like, you got a mistress, don't you? And then he's like, I'm not married. Yeah, you got married. This is when Terry is just like, you fucking my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they keep like winking at each other. And Nicolas Cage is like, I'm not fucking your wife. <laughs> I'm fucking somebody. And her name rhymes with Pandaly. <laughs> but it's not Xandaly. So yeah, uh, while while Xandaly's waiting in Cage's apartment, she hears some voicemails being left him from another woman. She gets really mad and just trashes his apartment a little bit, like throws paint all over his bed and smashes something and leaves. Then, uh, then she's waiting in a church and... Uh, Cage comes up and says to her, like, it's not my fault. Like, I got held up at work. And then she's just like, how did you know I'm here? And he's like, I know everything about you, which is really fucking creepy. It's really fucking creepy. And uh, and then he's like, you should divorce your husband. Yeah. He's like, hey, you know, what'd be rad um, if we didn't have to fuck on a dryer while both of our families were in the next room. Um, and so we get like our first mini cage freak out here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he kind of because yeah, after he's like, you should divorce your husband. She's like, don't talk about that here. She, yeah, and, she's like, don't, do you see where we are? And then also says to him, like, uh, that would kill Terry. I can't do that to him. And then he's basically pushes her into a confession booth and it seemed like rape i don't know oh it totally was like yeah. she was uh she she did not seem down and he just went for it anyway uh and it was really fucking gross yeah but at the end of it cage just looks up and says thank you father <laughs> um and, and uh, so that happens yeah she runs away uh, and then he comes after her and says, like, I set you free. And then she pushes him away and runs off. And then she ends up going and talking to Terry after getting advice from old lady who may be her grandmother, Somebody's maybe Terry's grandmother. Uh, yeah. uh, old lady who lives there and uh, is getting catfished by her old <laughs> Internet boyfriend. <laughs> like, I don't it's a it's a very weird uh, dynamic. But that old lady basically says, like, you should just talk to your husband if you're unhappy. Mm-hmm. Like, talk yeah. to him. Don't fuck his best friend. <laughs> yeah, but then there's also uh, I I might have uh, misheard how this conversation started, but there's a scene where this the the older woman is talking to Terry, and she says like she had an affair or something, and she didn't regret any of it. Mm. Um, she like beats around the bush by saying like, "Oh, this guy was always around." but always like kept his distance yeah, or something like that where it made it sound like they had feelings for each other, but maybe didn't cheat. Yeah. I couldn't tell for sure. Yeah, but the, the way she said like uh, that she didn't regret anything. I got the feeling that she was like, um, Hey, uh, if your wife is banging somebody good for her. And he was, <laughs> he was like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had my back on this Nana. <laughs> So she goes home and talks to Terry and uh, suggests that they go away together for a while and start clean. And then uh, Terry's. In it a... sounds like she wants to break it off with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. yeah. And kind of uh, rekindle her marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Terry's in a bar and Cage shows up and Terry tells her that Xandali and him are going to the same old spot that he used to frequent sometime. Yeah. The old she... spot. The old fishing hole. <laughs> old fishing. 
you know, which is in a bayou somewhere. And then uh, Cage tells him, you're lost. This isn't about Santa Lee. It's about you. You're lost. And Terry says, lost and found, my friend. He seems all happy and he's just <laughs> drinking lots. And then, uh, and then Aaron Neville's like, oh, good job, buddy. I'm here to do it. <laughs> I don't know much. But I, don't I know, know you did a good job. <laughs> Your wife got uh then we get a little montage of sandaly and terry having a good time together um yeah things are uh you know like old times she's topless again (laughs) she's topless again uh he's finally he's not like half hard anymore he's like full boner yeah Mm -hmm. like during their sex uh scene she's just like see all our parts fit Mm mm-hmm See, look. Which kind of sounds like super, like something really childish to say to someone. Like, yeah. Like, look, look it goes it. inside. <laughs> look, you're finally in my asshole. <laughs> um, yeah. Then uh, Terry stops in a shoreside bar real quick, gets off the boat to buy some beer, and who is there but the cage himself? Drinking and in a corner. The cage man cometh. Hey, he's talking about, like, you need blood to catch catfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He does that. He does like a little Tim Allen, like, <laughs> and um, Cage and Terry go outside. Uh, he he brings Cage over. Terry brings Cage over to Zandali, and uh, they end up doing a dance on the dock. <laughs> yeah, Nicholas Cage and Terry, not Zandali, yeah. because Zandali <laughs> uh, was gonna dance with one of them, or like Terry uh, and Terry like starts the music and is like Zandali, you want to dance with me? And she's like, uh, no. And he's like, Nicolas Cage, you want to dance with me? Yeah, he's like, show her how it's done. And so they start like (laughs) slow dancing dancing or something on on the dock. Yeah, and I wanted to point out, I felt like this was actually an interesting scene. I felt like they were going for something here. One, Terry is wearing all white and Cage is wearing all black. Uh, That tells you something. Two, like the competing-ness of it. They're kind of like competing. And in the dance, they seem to be trading off who's leading. Yeah, um, and they 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 don't break eye contact the entire dance. Oh, no. They're staring each other dead in the eyes. <laughs> like you fuck my wife, you fuck my wife, and <laughs> you fuck my it, wife. It felt we fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, Cage is giving Zandali the you want to fuck, you want to fuck. We fuck now. It it felt like uh, two animals battling over a mate, but instead of like butting heads, they were uh, dancing for some reason. Oh, I do want to take it back a little. There was one line in the scene before they like go on their getaway mm-hmm. where Zandalee's going to tell Terry, like, hey, I'm cheating on you with like your best friend. Oh, yeah. And Terry says, uh, like, he doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, I don't want to know. know. <laughs> but I think the line that stuck with me was, uh, I'm not your confessor. I can't give you absolution. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, that's that's a good line. Mm-hmm. Shit. It's, uh, are you a poet again? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he finally blew his load and all the creativity started coming back <laughs> for a pretty good line. Yeah. I just, when I heard that, I was just like, wow, that's I'm stealing that for something. <laughs> I'm stealing. Save that for, uh, when your wife cheats on you. <laughs> oh God, I hope I don't need that. <laughs> and, uh, you want to win her back. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they all hop on a speedboat together and oh, you're skipping one important Ooh. part. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So at their dance ends and then, Terry pulls out a gun. Yeah, and I mean, points it at Zandali, and he has like a wild smile on his face. Points it at Nicolas Cage, and then points it at himself. He was already acting like uh, drunk and deranged, and then he just pulls this gun out. I was expecting him to like 
murder Nicolas Cage right there on the dock. But, yeah. Um, they do what you do after a good slow dance. You get in a speedboat. Yep. Um, Nicolas Cage starts takes over driving the speedboat from Terry and just guns it. And then Sandley tells him to slow down. But Terry's Terry just like shooting the gun up. off. Yeah, like... he's just shooting it behind him. And he falls overboard. And then um, they stop the boat and Cage says to Zandali, and he's like, we have something to settle here. And then Zandali's just like, nope, and jumps right overboard to go save Terry. She uh, says something like, Terry something, but I don't know. This It's so hard to understand a lot of these characters. Yeah, I can't understand a lot of the lines in this movie. I think it's something's up with the audio editing. I think it was a low-budget movie, but we yeah. don't know because the budget's not online anyway. And unfortunately, uh, I... <clears throat> Wasn't watching this with uh, subtitles. I should have because I'm pretty sure she was. She said something along the lines of like Terry scary or something like that. And <laughs> scary Terry. Terry. Scary. So she, uh, she you fucking my wife, bitch. <laughs> she jumps off. Uh, Nicholas Cage jumps off. Yeah. Um, and he saves her and pulls her off to the side where she's not drowning, and then tries to save Terry, who bites him in the neck. <laughs> yeah. Which, I still don't understand how they were like in so much danger of dying. Yeah. Like they fell off a boat. They could I mean, they can all swim. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, they're in New Orleans. There might be crocodiles around there. But they made it clear like alligators. he was just in water. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's even a line where they say, How do you drown if you can swim? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which uh But like why was she drowning then? And yeah, I, don't know. I, like, I what is like, with this water that makes it so no one can swim in it? You can you can still drown if you can swim. I'm pretty sure it doesn't make you invincible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just hope they know that. Um, and yeah, right. so Terry is like resisting. Yeah, being saved. When he fell into the water, he decided, "Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm not leaving this water. <laughs> I choose death." <laughs> hey, you know what? When Nicolas Cage fucks your wife, that's pretty much it. So, uh, Nicolas we... Cage, please don't fuck my wife. <laughs> Yeah, don't do it, Cage. Nicholas Cage, uh, Zach's address is... <laughs> uh, please cut that. <laughs> um, so, cut to Zandali standing over Terry's grave, and Steve Buscemi asks her if she has any money. Which... Because he's still in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just like at the cemetery, and this garbage man walks up. <laughs> yeah. And she, she, she says to the garbage man, I killed my husband. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like you do, like, just he, casual. Like said, conversation. I killed my husband, and he's like, "Oh, well, that that sucks." <laughs> like, is this is grave, and she's like, "Yep." Yeah, it's <laughs> like, well, they said he drowned, but how can you drown when you can swim? And uh, yeah, then Steve Buscemi's like, "Well, I don't know, but that's the end of my pointless scene, so I'm out of here." <laughs> Doesn't he say something along the lines of like, "If you ever wish for something once, it could happen," or oh. I, don't, I didn't catch what he <laughs> said. I, I don't remember. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Anything, anything that he contributed to this movie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, when he left the frame in this scene, he was <laughs> holding a cane in the air and waving. Uh, I'm pretty sure he wasn't even like hired. He just showed up one day and yeah. was just like, I'm going to be in this movie. They, he just happened to be stealing a TV while they were <laughs> shooting. <laughs> Those are real cops. <laughs> Um, uh, so, so yeah. we cut to Cage he's going crazy in his studio like throwing paint at his paintings cutting them with a knife and then just coats himself in paint and yes. starts slapping <laughs> the ground and screaming we fucked up <laughs> <laughs> hi fucking yeah which is uh, another scene in that uh, Nicolas Cage losing his shit video uh -huh. that you can look up on YouTube I highly recommend 
Uh, I'm gonna have to like permalink that in our uh, <laughs> in all the descriptions of the video. Yeah. Uh, that YouTube video is our website <laughs> for the podcast. Um, then we cut to Zandali, who is like gagging outside a church. I I didn't really. I she was standing staring at the church and going like. <laughs> And then she goes home to find Nicolas Cage. I think they were like doing where like she's running and like she's half uh, like can't breathe from like exercising so hard and also like sadness or I don't know. It was weird. She uh, when she ran past the church, it, you know, brought up the old trauma of getting assaulted in a confessional. (laughs) Yeah, that could have been it. Um, Yeah. And then she comes home and finds her assaulter. in her house saying the door was unlocked and talking about how he wanted to save Terry, but Terry didn't want to be saved and they fight and start to have sex again. But Zandali says Terry's name and that puts an end to it. And then, uh, Zandali gets dressed and runs out into the street and, uh, cage is following her close behind. And some guy rolls up on a car yelling, Hey Johnny, Hey Johnny, who I should mention two times before this, it was it was a it was a setup. It was a callback and a payoff. I missed the setup completely. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah I didn't he kept, realize it until like after the movie, and I had to think about it. Yeah, I didn't mention it in my notes because I didn't think it was that significant. And then at the end, it became it came all together. But he kept saying, "You got to make your accounts payable, man. You, like you got to you owe me a bunch of money." So like he rolls up and is about to shoot Nicolas Cage. And then Zandali like walks in the way and Cage is like, no, no, no. And then she he shoots Zandali and then says, you got to make accounts payable, man. And And drives away. And then the movie ends. (laughs) Just just no remorse. He's like, hey, if you would have listened to me, uh, your accounts payable. Yeah, yeah, it's not my fault. (laughs) And so this guy is like his drug supplier or something. Yeah, uh, Earlier in the movie in the bar, the bartender is like, hey, pay your drug bill. Like, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I completely missed that. Uh, and it seems like they they had the ending where Zandali gets shot and killed. And then they just kind of went back and like, we, we got to add a quick line <laughs> yeah. about... Yeah, it seemed totally out of nowhere. Yeah, I didn't catch any of that. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he shooting? <laughs> accounts payable. <laughs> you got to make accounts payable, hey. man. Hey. hey, you know what? And that explained it all. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and our, our last shots are Cage picking up Zandali and carrying her somewhere. Who knows where? Yeah. Uh, so Probably for to the next professional up. booth. Or? Next yeah. art project. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, He's going to paint her again, this um, time with red paint. A, uh, a visual motif I identified in this movie was uh, boobies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think if the boobs are pointing up, it's good luck. <laughs> and if the boobs are pointing down, it's bad luck. Yeah. I would not be surprised if half of this movie's runtime was boob shots. It's somewhere Honestly. around there. It's at least a quarter of it. Like, um, just imagine how many boob shots were cut out of this. I thought they were like, holy shit. Like, it got to the point, like, the first 20 minutes where I was like, this is excessive amount of boobs. Yeah. Yeah, it, almost immediately in this movie, honestly, they even like there. I don't think I mentioned it, but there's a scene of Zandali and like not a strip club, but it's like a bunch of naked people dancing yeah. and like simulating sex. And, and oh, yeah. And she just starts making out with the dude. Yeah, with some random guy. It's, like, it's yeah. all fucking weird. This movie was fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. I, one thing I want to say about this is it seemed like it was trying to be artsy and trying to make like some sort of big statement, but it didn't really have any substance to back up any of its artistic yeah. choices. But what was their statement? 
I, I don't cheat know on what your it husband was. and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, or you'll get shot eventually. I, well, I thought there was a cheat scene. Cheat on your husband and your husband will die. <laughs> there was and a then scene you will. when uh, when Zandali was talking to Terry about, uh, she was just like, uh, he was like, I almost quit my job today. And she was like, do it. You'll be free. And he's like, like you. And then that's the scene when they're fighting about the thing. And I thought maybe it's like freedom and happiness aren't necessarily intertwined or something. I, I have no idea what the statement is trying to be. Yeah, it, it, it's it, they're being really heavy handed with a statement that you can't tell what it is. And it yeah. doesn't really f- fit or exist. I I, maybe yeah. the statement was. If a girl says she doesn't do drugs, you just shove some drugs inside of her. Yeah, with Because she doesn't know what's best for her. Um, <laughs> I, I just can't get over I'm sorry. It really did look like he poured olive oil into the cocaine. It yeah, was he like did. an Italian oh, he herb did. Like they, garden They thing. made it clear that he was like mixing he, them. He was and mixing I don't it know on the why. table with his hand. And then he like just shoved it up inside of her. Um, I, I mean, this might be showing you guys that I'm not big into drugs. But do you mix olive oil with cocaine? Like, is that a thing that... I just don't know about. Um, I use I've canola oil, <laughs> sesame oil, if you can afford it. Oh, okay. um, but uh, yeah, I thought I was expecting this movie to kind of veer off into some, uh, you know, message about sexual liberation or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the, the movie is classified as an erotic thriller. Um, and the, really the only thing thrilling about it is uh, Nicholas Cage's hair. Like there's, <laughs> I was expecting some kind of uh, like eyes wide shut sex cult thing to happen, and maybe that's why I was disappointed when pretty much nothing happened. I mean, yeah. not, it's not that nothing happens, but I don't. Uh... It was a lot of them fucking. Yeah, and there are a lot of really creepy scenes where the things Cage are doing are just kind of really rapey and assaulty. She and comes it's... off very rapey. Yeah, yeah, um, not good. Uh, I will say that the actors did a pretty good job, I yeah, think. I, I like, mean, I thought Nicolas Cage was, I mean, despite yeah. the fact that his character was obviously very flawed, um, he he did a, a good job of acting. Yeah, he did uh, a good job of portraying the character. Yeah. It's just not, not a, a far cry from <laughs> Nicolas Cage. My, my only thing throughout this movie, I just hated the character of Zandali. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. I had no sympathy for her throughout that film. I was just like, Stop cheating on your husband. Like, yeah, she kept she kept going back and forth from um like willingly cheating on her husband, but then being like super angry at Nicolas Cage for it. Yeah, like, like he tricked her into being uh unfaithful or something. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he wasn't so seductive that uh, and I mean, yeah, he did force himself on her in a few situations, yeah. but uh, it started. It started more or less consensually, and then he started raping her, which, I mean, yeah, it's fucking weird, but I I have really no sympathy for almost anyone in the script except Terry, I guess. I feel bad for Terry. (laughs) Yeah, and I guess the grandma's pretty cool, and her, like, French boyfriend is pretty rad. We don't see them for much. No. But yeah, Um, um, I didn't much care for this movie. Uh, I would have maybe recommended it to you. In like the mid '90s, if you were too nervous to go into the porn section to rent porn, <laughs> then maybe rent Sandley. But in today's day and age, I, I don't yeah, really see you, much. If you don't have the ability to Google the word boobs and then watch <laughs> the first twenty minutes of this and get your rocks off, um, uh, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts about this movie. Not, I, I didn't much care for this at all. Really, no, no redeemable qualities about most of the characters in this movie. 
Um, Some nice titties, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were good luck titties because they were pointing up, I guess. Um, uh, so, so, as we do every episode, we uh, are going to rate this movie on a scale of uh, how much jet fuel it would take to um, get these movies back to LaGuardia. <laughs> um, and so, left behind, I would rate 300 gallons of jet fuel and then Zandali. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know the conversion between jet fuel and speedboat fuel. So it oh, might yeah. be tough. Also, do you want more fuel or less fuel for this rating system? It I depends on where the tank is punctured. Yeah, and it depends on how close you are already to LaGuardia. Yeah. Um, how does that? Uh, okay. It's a complicated system, Zach. Uh, I'd, get, I'd, I'd give Zed fourteen quarts. I guess. Yes. Hey, I, I'd give it a. I'd give it a good thirty gallons. Okay. Hmm. Wait, Zandali? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> left so behind, take I'll that get as you will, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. And so what I found interesting about the um, these two movies back-to-back is that one of them was overtly religious, um, but Zandali is the movie that made me feel like I needed to go to church. <laughs> yeah, that's very so, true. Um, and hopefully not get raped in a confession booth there. Uh, yeah, um, but I, it's a confession booth. There, It's no stranger to that type of happening. So, you burnt Catholic <laughs> Church. Um, so, shall we bring this to a vote? I guess. Uh, this uh, is a this, this is a vote where I don't know the outcome beforehand. Yeah, yeah. this is the first matchup where I'm uh, I'm not sure what movie title is going to come out of my mouth, um, but we'll see. I guess um, <laughs> these were two atrociously bad movies. Yeah. All right. So shall we? Can we get a countdown, Engineer Dave? No. Ah, ah. that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And again, we are holding open auditions for a sound engineer. You know anybody? Uh, send a link to... I will to... pitch shift you so fast, motherfucker. Oh, God. I forgot he's in control of my entire being right now. Um, we'll tweet about it. Okay. Three, two, one. one. Zandali. Oh, damn. Wait, did you say Zandali, Nick? I did, yes. Well, wow. I didn't hear what you said. Wow. I said Zandali also. Okay. Wow. I can't believe you guys are going to make me watch Zandali again. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Look, honestly, I couldn't. Um, I was sitting here like, I really don't want to watch either of these movies again, ever. The thing is, Left Behind. It's because the boobs, isn't it? I guess, yeah. That that gives I it a little bit of an it. edge. I also, Zandali yeah. is mercifully five minutes shorter than, <laughs> than Left Behind. That is true. So it um, wastes a little less of my time. So, I, I mean, I guess. One thing I should say um, is that I do feel that it is never necessary to portray rape in any way in a movie, which should automatically disqualify this movie. <laughs> but you voted for Zandali. But, but after sitting through Left Behind, um, you know, uh, just I'll watch anything after Left Behind. Left Behind wasn't that bad. Like, it was just a very, very subpar movie. The thing that gives it to me is uh, we're doing this podcast about Nicolas Cage, and I felt like Zandali was a better representation of Cage's acting ability than Left Behind was, where he just kind of sat around not doing a whole lot. 
And we got a nice cage freakout scene where he coated himself in paint and slapped the floor. <laughs> so so that that pushed it a little ahead for me. But honestly, if I didn't if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would I would not watch either of these movies. And if I could pick neither. And if I didn't I, have to yeah, if I didn't have to pick one over the other, I wouldn't. <laughs> They're both <laughs> just sitting at the bottom of the barrel, man. Um and uh, Zach, I just have to disagree with you on just one thing. Um, and it's that uh and keep in mind I'm not being hyperbolic in any way. Uh Left Behind is the worst thing ever created. <laughs> um I literally the thought popped into my head when I was watching uh Left Behind, and I'm glad I just thought of this because I was like, I'm gonna have to say this on the podcast. <laughs> Left Behind is proof that not all movies are art. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal was a worse movie than Left Behind. Yeah. Honestly, it's a toss-up. Um, I've been keeping these ranked, and uh, Arsenal and Left Behind are my bottom two, and <laughs> Left Behind is dead last. Yeah, Arsenal and Left Behind are at the bottom for me. I think I did put Arsenal lower than Left Behind, even though I think it's a little bit shorter, so maybe, I don't see, know. See, when it comes <laughs> right down to it, I would rather see slow-mo of somebody getting shot in the crotch with uh, pellets than I would uh, some super weird Jesus-y Lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah, Zandali is also... Zandali is three, by far my lowest-ranked movie. The really? three that, I hated this movie. The, the three that we're talking about here are definitely my three lowest-ranked movies. The other problem with Left Behind is that there's simply no sexual assault. <laughs> and so... Well... There's a ton of sexual assault left behind. All the rapists stayed back. All the good people went to heaven and society broke. That's true. They just didn't explicitly show you the rapes. I mean, that true. is, well, actually, all the people who believed in God, most of whom, no offense to any listeners who are religious, uh, but most people who believe in God are rapists. Um, so <laughs> oh it's... It's uh, <laughs> wait, okay, walk me through this. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think I might need a little bit of explanation. Yeah, okay, here, so the <laughs> the Catholic Church. Um watch that documentary about the uh the priest with the yeah. Um basically anybody who believes in God a prerequisite wait, is uh, do you think Brian Singer's a Catholic? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Welcome to the Brian Singer podcast. <laughs> we we mentioned him almost as much as Nicolas Cage at this point. I know I know Scientology is um guilty of a lot of very disgusting crimes, but um you know with with Brian Singer being such a major proponent for I don't know, I'm assuming Christianity. Uh, I'll just say that. Uh I don't know if that's like slander or whatever, but um, yeah, he's a his belief in God has uh, drawn him <laughs> to the children. <laughs> okay. Well, either way, I want Zandali out of my head. What are the next two movies? Okay. Uh, well, guess what? Zandali is never going to be out of your head because um, we're going to mention it forty five more times. So after Zandali, the, the we movies, have, uh, <laughs> the runner, uh, the fifty seven seed. Pitted up against Trapped in Paradise, the 72 seed. Mm. Um, and for anyone keeping track at home, Zandali will be going up against Kickass in the next round, which means Zandali's going to win against Kickass God and go no. through to the third round. <laughs> Zandali, um, I will blow my brains out. Zandali was the 81 seed for the record. <laughs> uh, yeah, 81 of 82 for those keeping track at home. It was so bad. Now, one thing I was trying and we to... we have to watch it again. Yeah. One thing I was trying to remember uh, was if Zandali was actually the second 
lowest rated movie or if it got switched around when we were kind of trying to fudge around with things. Yeah, fix some of the matchups to be a little bit more to make more sense, I guess. Mm. Um but I'm willing to bet that Zandali is down there anyway. Yeah. Um, so um don't watch Zandali. Don't, don't watch Left Behind and don't watch Zandali. And if you have to pick uh one shitty movie to watch, um I guess Arsenal is uh <laughs> No, Deadfall. Available for- Deadfall. Deadfall watch is that. the one to watch. I honestly Deadfall is my favorite movie we've watched so far in this Me podcast. Too. I mean yeah, initially I Initially, after watching it, I was kind of a little bit mad, but it's only grown with me. Deadpool I, is a numero uno. I nice. feel like I quote that movie almost daily now. <laughs> I say hi fucking yeah all the time. Yeah, every time um, I like ram somebody out of the way when I'm in traffic, I'm just screaming it out the window. Yeah, that's a fact. Well, um, pick a cat. <laughs> which we also got in this movie, in Zandali, so you gotta appreciate the callback. But, um... <laughs> Or the call forward, because Deadfall hadn't happened yet. But um, that's going to be a wrap for us today. Join us next time when we watch uh, The Runner and Trapped in Paradise. I don't know whether to tell you to watch those movies or not. Um, if I had known last time, I would tell you not to have watched these beforehand. <laughs> but yeah, um, um, I don't know anything about either of these movies. Um, so it's going to be... I'm assuming Nicolas Cage runs in one of them. Mm. Yeah, and he gets trapped in the other one. But you know what? Doesn't matter because he's trapped in paradise. Pretty this nice good. there. So yeah. Thanks uh, for listening. Thanks for listening. And you uh, have a wonderful time. Bye bye. Please don't assault anybody ever. Yeah. Don't I do fucking that. yeah. I fucking yeah. Cage fight. Oh yeah. Cage fight. This has been a solid work production. Solid work. Solid work. Uh, solid work. Hey, solid, solid work. work.